Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, August 1st, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and with me is spazzing Steve Say. Dude, your chair, I swear, just tried to eat me. Hi, everybody. Steve just started freaking out. He had this look of fear on his face. It was totally on to me, man. I thought I was having flashbacks. Um... To my right is Mr. Bob Ryer. Yeah, feed me Seymour. What are we doing over here? <laughs> and joining us as always on the line, Stephanie Cook. Sup. 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 Yo. That's all I got, yo. How's it going? Word. Yeah, no, it's going. It's going. So it's going. Uh, we have a, a nice show for you guys today. We are going to be doing our book of the week, obviously, and then going over uh, listener questions oh, and comments. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. But before we get to that, all that business. Uh, the Olympics are going on right now. Uh, we usually talk about sport-type things on this show, but uh, we're not really talking much about sports in this situation. We're going to talk about the opening ceremonies, which... Looking right. <laughs> uh, were directed by uh, Academy Award-winning director Danny Boyle, um, and uh, they were pretty epic, yeah. to, to say the least. Uh, there was a 100-foot Voldemort at one point. Shooting yeah, sparks out of a wand. Then they a got wand. defeated by Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Was there really? Mary yeah. I totally missed that. I yeah. totally missed the whole thing. Yeah. So. Trying to a... explain it, it sounds like you're high, but like it really happened, I swear. Yeah. It seemed like you were watching. Yeah. It's like, what is going on here? And it just it got sillier and sillier. I'm going to have to watch the highlights online or mm-hmm. something. Oh, it's it's four hours long, including the parade of athletes. It just, oh, well, uh, you don't have to watch that. Sure you do. You have to sit through McCartney trying to do a sing-along at the <laughs> end badly. Yeah. Although my favorite part of like the parade was the independence and like the three people yeah. from the independence that were just like crunking it out. There's like two black dudes and this white girl, like this blonde white <laughs> yes. girl, was just yeah. like, oh, crunk. <laughs> and it was pretty amazing. Um, I don't know what commentators you have up in Canada. 70, do you have the regular NBC people? Um, we have like, we do get the NBC coverage, but we get the live coverage from CTV. Oh, yeah. well, that's good, because the worst thing about the opening ceremonies was the Meredith Vieira, Matt Lauer commentary. Oh. It was just, it's, it was like somebody commenting on a parade. You know, it's, it was that same it's sort of tone of voice. Day parade. It's a Thanksgiving Day parade. Yeah. yeah, it's like the thing, oh, you know, uh, Felix oh. first appeared in the Thanksgiving. It was that kind of deal. There was one moment where they were, had all these different kind of British... Uh, symbols come out like the people look like they're dressed in like Sergeant Pepper's outfits, and then there were these people dressed in red coats and pointed hats. Now and this is this is visual; you can see them. They walk out. Meredith Fierra says, "Oh, these are retired uh, British army officers. They often wear red coats and pointed hats." 
<laughs> yeah, no shit. I can see them. They're wearing red coats and pointed hats. You're not a radio announcer. This is on they've TV. Been getting, NBC in general has been getting a lot of flack for their coverage and how they've been handling the live events. Yeah. I mean, it's been ridiculous. And a couple, there was a journalist who got banned for speaking out on against NBC and their shitty coverage. Yeah. Um, I think there was a bunch an- of athletes have been banned from Twitter for, oh no, they got kicked out of the Olympics because of things they said on Twitter. Ooh, wow. Racist comments. Um. There yeah. Were, the the reporter who got banned there. got reinstated on Twitter today. There was um. There was an incident where they posted the results of the of the swimming mm-hmm. uh meet or whatever the hell yeah. it was before it even happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like that. It, it's not, bad. It's not, bad not, journalism. Yeah. yeah. NBC is just doing a really piss poor job of it. But aside from that, it's been really awesome, and I loved the opening ceremonies. I I seriously was just like, this is batshit. Am I yeah. drunk? What is going on? Yeah. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon, and I feel like I'm high as a kite. Like <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it was fantastic, though. I mean, Danny Boyle did an exceptional job. Like it was hands down the best opening ceremony I've ever seen. And maybe not. I mean, best I guess is very uh, open to interpretation, but it was definitely the most entertaining. It was pretty crazy. I don't think many opening ceremonies have Kenneth Branagh in them. No. Oh, and Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, yeah. Like that Atkinson was amazing. Was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Playing Chariots Mr. of Fire yeah. while and picking his nose. And then he was doing the, nice. the run from Chariots of Fire, like the opening scene. Yeah. They like CG'd him into the yeah. uh, Chariots of Fire, you know, the, on the run on the beach. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. It was seriously stuff. amazing. I I'm wasn't going to watch it all. Somebody emailed me to say, you know, who was watching from the other side. It's a large dollop of crazy. It is. I was, oh, I'm I'm in for that. Yeah. You know, pour a glass of wine and watch this thing. When you when you, it's a plane shot over over the Thames and over the fields of England, mm-hmm. past a factory with the Pink Floyd flying pig hanging out in front yeah. of it, <laughs> into into the arena, completely turned into a grass field mm-hmm. with a hill in the back back left yeah. that becomes the industrial revolution and giant smokestacks and yeah. and people working in the foundries wow. <laughs> yeah it's oh really crazy it's like and you know when you watch a Danny Boyle movie and he has those crazy like sections where everything goes really fast and there's all this crazy yeah. imagery yeah. it was like that for four hours was, in yeah. front of you all I saw when <laughs> I turned on the ceremony was a bunch of people marching in yellow like cloaks <laughs> yeah. well, there was also yeah. like what happened? Oh, oh, oh! James Bond like yes. escorted the Queen to the games, and they parachuted from a helicopter. What was yes. she wearing? I saw she was wearing some kind of like Doctor Who Cybermen mask or something. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Like a Phantom of the Opera. Like she had some. No, no, no. not the Queen. No, no. she really? had she had her regular little suit and hat. And best yeah. of all, she looks she, like the Queen. She parachutes right. out of a helicopter, still holding her pocketbook. Yeah, you gotta love it. All right, then yeah. it was somebody. Somebody must have made a meme or okay. something because yeah. <laughs> yeah. like. The, the picture that I saw of her, she looked like she just walked off the set of Star Trek. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, my God. And speaking of James Bond, the trailer for Skyfall. So great. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Yes. Um, then there's this uh, back to opening ceremony. So we talked about the 100-foot Voldemort. This happens during a section where they're doing... The jam berry. Yeah, this thing with like the the National Health Service and children's yeah, literature right. uh, they do, mixed they do together. An entire musical it was tribute for, to the um, National Health Service. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it was for the hospital that's yeah, completely funded by uh, J.M. Berry, like by the books. By yeah, yeah. It was not as funny to say it as say it's a dance routine about the National Health Service. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, at one point, though, they spell out like NH- they out NHS yeah. in in the, the bodies, but there were like real nurses and doctors like doing this number with these beds that lit up. So from the sky, they spelled things. Um, and 
they're like, oh, these are real nurses and doctors. And these kids are like dancing on the beds. And then Mary Fiera goes, these kids don't look sick to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? Why are you yeah. saying this? Wow. Uh, it was just incredibly. Yeah. At one point in time when I was watching the NBC coverage, they were talking about the um, uh, the gymnasts. And they were like, yep, this girl's better than she has any right to be. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> I know. I was like, why would you say that? You are awful people because you can do backflips, jerk faces. I love the commentators that complain about it. I was watching the synchronized diving. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ooh, they're like, she was a little bit off. Yeah. Oh, she left a little bit early. Like, yeah. I understand that it's a competition. Yeah. But the way that they critique it, it's like, can you do any better? Yeah. I would love to see you try. It's also like they know. This is the one time every yes. four years they see synchronized diving. Yeah. So like, of, like, um, they know. Uh, one Seacrest, of the commentators yeah. for the Canadian coverage for CTV, he's like so very clearly gay. If he's not, I apologize. But like he <laughs> seems totally gonna hear so this. very gay. And um, like the gymnastic routines are going and somebody would do like this perfect thing. He'd be like, oh, my God. God, guys, that was like <laughs> was a Tim so Gunn. <laughs> and it's it's just almost more hilarious to listen to him commentate on it because, like, after the American team, they won the female, the women won the U.S. Uh, a gold medal today, and um, the girl finished her move, and as soon as her feet hit the ground, he goes, "And the U.S. have won a gold!" Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! He's like freaking out and <laughs> sound like a Muppet. Yeah, yeah. It's so great. It's so great. Um, That's and Stephanie, very Canadian of her, congratulated her gymnastics team on finishing fifth today <laughs> on Twitter. Actually, to be fair, um, I congratulated the U.S. team first on Twitter. But um, it's a big deal for the Canadians because the Canadian uh, gymnastics team have never, ever, ever made it to the finals. So oh. for them to – they were initially in fourth for a long time. Uh, they got bumped to fifth during um, uh, during the all-rounds. and. Fifth is the best they've ever, ever done. They actually made history with uh, placing anywhere in the finals. If they'd come in eighth, they would have been making history for Canada. So that's why it was a big deal. See the woman that got 99 shots out of 100 in the skeet shooting? No, I did not see that. Holy shit. (laughs) I would not want to piss her off, (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, Two. What'd you say, Stephanie? Blind Archer. The Blind Archer? Oh, no, I didn't hear about that. Archer. I think he's from South Korea. Wow. Oh, wow. And he's like amazing. He kicks some serious ass. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Fine. And we have the South African runner with two prosthetic legs. Yep. Yeah. China's uh, ping pong coverage has been pretty intense. <laughs> you see any of that? Their ping pong players are pretty intense. Yeah, dude. They're yeah. crazy. Yeah. Shit was going for like a minute and a half, just <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. I couldn't yeah. believe it. It's so funny when the Olympics went because you start talking about things you'd never talk about ever at any other I've point never, in your entire life. I've never watched yeah. the Olympics, oh, yeah? except like if my sister or my mom was watching it when I was growing up, like figure skating mm-hmm. and stuff. I've never bothered with it, but I just, I never, I, this is the first time I've turned on my TV mm. in probably like eight to nine months. Wow. I just don't watch television. Yeah. So, uh, so, so go ahead, Stephanie. I wanted to be in the Olympics when I was a kid, so like, I totally love <laughs> What event? A hockey. Nice. Oh, yeah, there you go. Mm, so, so the Winter Olympics. I don't know if they give medals for putting people in the hospital. <laughs> no. Well, that, you need just, go ahead. What was that? You need an enforcer on your team. You do need an enforcer. They have those in soccer, apparently. One of our lady soccer players got punched in the well, face. Yeah. When we when we go for the big times, talking comics will have their own hockey team, and you can be the uh, the bruiser. 
Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that concludes uh, Talking Comics Olympic coverage for the, the 40th Olympiad. Is that what it is? 30th. 30th Olympiad? 30th Olympiad? There you go. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> is the um, song stuck in my head? What'd you say? I have the Chariots of Fire song stuck in my head. Oh, yeah? Dun, 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 dun. It's there because it plays during this entire thing. It does. All right. So we're going to move on to talk about some comic books here. Yeah. Uh, do our books of the week. Uh, actually, Steve and Stephanie's books share a publisher. Yes. So, Steve, why don't you start out? Okay. Um, my book, I was, uh, I read a whole bunch of stuff this week. I got caught up with The Walking Dead. I'm 100% all done. Wow. Yeah. Um, Stephanie and I both, like, we... We read it and read it and read it. Are you all caught up, Steph? Um, I think I have to read 99 and 100, but I'm pretty well caught up. Okay. I mean, Impressive. considering. Um, you it, think you have to read 99 and 100? Did you read them I in some do. sort of sleep days or something? Oh, no, no. Okay. I, I just have to catch up on the last two issues. Okay. Um, so completely back into it. Very, very satisfied with the series. Um, not very many comic book series can make me gasp like mm-hmm. in, in horror. And there was at least two times while catching up that I was like – kind of beside myself, and one time where I was extremely sad. Uh, the one thing to remember about reading The Walking Dead is do not get attached to anyone. Uh, I will leave it at that. Um, and before I get to my book, really quick, Runaways. Been reading The Runaways like a madman. Stephanie has been, you know, talking about it since pretty much since we brought her onto the podcast. Yeah, pretty much. And I bought everything, and I finally sat down, and I am hooked. I absolutely love it. Um, it's very creative. It's It's got a lot of action, lots of different characters with different personalities. And it's got a little bit of mystery to it, which is something that I always enjoy. I always I always like it when there there's something hanging out there where you can't trust people. It's a very um, – something that draws me in with, with reading. Very cool. So I was looking for a book of the week because I can't talk about huge things. I needed something singular to talk about here. So – I picked up from Monkey Brain. Um, finally, I made myself a Comixology account, mm-hmm. and I'm using it. Nice. I hate my Galaxy Tab. Yeah, with yeah. A burning passion. <laughs> I will be caving and getting an iPad, but for now, I'm pressing many buttons, and I got to read after many, many tries the Masks and Mobsters by uh, Joshua Williamson. Now, what this is is it's a 99 cent book on um, Comixology from Monkey Brain. And what it is, it's a crime noir anthology, and it's got rotating artists that reflect uh, the standalone stories hidden within, like, the overall arc. Well, not mm. hidden. They're probably right out in the open. Right, but put, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that make up the overall placed arc. Placed within yeah. it, yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a lot of Red Bull before I got here, so I'm a little It's a little invisible ink, and you, you put heat <laughs> yeah. on it. In the um, so Masks and Mobsters is about a primarily about a guy named Bobby Silver, who is a he's, a... he's a crime dude. He's a mobster. And he's the son of Rocky Silver, who was, was a crime boss within the city called Golden City that they're, you know, running. And basically the problem is, is that the superheroes lately are being a little too super. They're foiling every plan that they, I can't believe I just said foiled. They're, <laughs> that's the language in the book, so it's fitting. It's fitting. They're foiling every plan yeah. that they can come up with, and a lot of the mobsters are like almost to the point where they're just going to pack it in. Yeah. Um, and this one guy, Bobby, 
he's you know kind of dabbling a little bit of both he's 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 got his hands in in many pockets and uh he's just a guy that that takes care of business and he's he's out for himself and um he decides to take matters into his own hands and it's for something that was only like how many pages would you say it was 10 12 i think it's like 17 i think that was 17 yeah it's short it's pretty short yeah it's really short but it's only a dollar um for its length and and for what it was, it just it I liked it. Yeah. I, re- I really liked it. I liked um I liked the tone of it, and for for whatever reason, I'm completely in the mood for something like mobstery. Mm-hmm. Like I just I'm like I'm I'm feeling the like the vibe of it. Yeah. Sounds- no, it was yeah. cool. No, it was cool. Um, it's black and white art, and uh, I really liked it. It's it's got it's got almost that uh. God, I can't remember the name of the movie right now. The Coen Brothers noir movie that Miller's I, Crossing. Man Miller's was, Crossing. Oh, okay. Miller's Crossing. That's what I. It's got kind of a Miller's Crossing yeah. feel almost to it, and the, and the language and the w- the way it's structured, and the the hero, which is uh, uh was a Captain Daylight or something. Um, Doctor Daylight. Doctor Daylight is you know they very much look like almost like your your avatar, Bob, that was drawn for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that kind of old style hero, and. Really interesting because it's the other side. Now he's kind of a very a side player in it, and that mm. was really cool to me. Um, it's very violent, yeah. Uh, but interesting. I want to see where the story goes. My my one criticism of the book is the art actually is just that there uh, there's a character in the beginning that's like the boss, yeah, who looks a lot like a character who's in the next scene in a restaurant. They're both like kind of squat bald guys, yeah. Um, and I was confused at first about I thought it was the same character, and then he was talking to this character like he wasn't. You know, and there's a lot of names thrown at the beginning, so I was a little confused by that. Went back and read it again, and I was not confused at all. But that was my only criticism. There was actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it, though, the two times that I read it, there was one page that confused me. I don't. I, I know what you're going to say. It's towards yeah. the beginning, yeah, it's like four four panels of an event that happens within an alleyway, yeah. And I have absolutely still, after reading it a few times, I have no idea where that fits into the continuity of the story. Yeah, the, the, I'm just as confused as you are. The only uh, guess I could venture is that. Um, the character who you know uh, kills the people at the end. Yeah, I think that was him getting rid of other witnesses. Okay, that was the only thing I can think of. But that might not be true. That might just be part of a bigger story that yeah. we don't know yet. But that's what it seemed like to me. Well, I think it's really cool that what they're going to be doing is they're going to be, um, like I said before, they're going to be switching the art around yeah. for for each installment, which um, which is awesome because that means that there's going to be a lot of variety. Yeah, to the series, which is always good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you might have one issue where you don't like when. Uh, they took, uh, I guess, uh, Pacelli off of, of Spider-Man, yeah. of Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man. I freaked out. Yeah. So hopefully nothing like that <laughs> happens. But um, no, I'm intrigued. And certainly for the money, for, for 99 oh, yeah. cents to sit on my couch with my, my you know, tablet that I hate, um, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I will, and we've talked about this many times, right, about if books were cheaper, I would, I would buy more of them, right? So mm-hmm. the monkey brain stuff, I can buy all seven comics, I think, for $8 or $9 mm-hmm. that are up there. Yeah. I'll, I, that's nothing. You know, I spend, more than, I spend that much on lunch, you know, during so. the day. So I'll buy those comics. Well, if I, spent, I bought those seven comics, like a Marvel comic, I would spend $25 or what have you. Yeah. So um, it's, really, it's really cool. Uh, They've got such a really great mix of things now. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, just for people who don't know, I mean, in addition to... Masks and Mobsters. They've also got a comic which Steve reviewed called October Girl, which is fantastic. So good. Um, they've yeah. got Wander, All of Hopkins, and the Ninth Kingdom. Um, Edison Rex, which is written by uh, 
Monkey Brain creator Chris Roberson, um, Aesop's Ark, Amelia Cole in the Unknown World, and one that I'll be talking about in a little bit. <laughs> um, so, Steve, do you want to say anything else about? Uh, no, I think I can pass the torch. Oh, Olympic reference That's to Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> Very nicely done. Well, I'll just say that I also really enjoyed Masks and Mobsters, and um, I thought it was a really cool take on uh, something that was definitely could have been an overdone cliche kind of book, but it, they did a really great job with it, and uh, I enjoyed it as well. That's the thing that I liked about it, too, is that we always, I forgot to say that, is like we see mobsters dealing with superheroes all the time. But they're always painted as like, you know, almost like faceless thugs the majority of the time, with the exception of like the mob bosses. Yeah. That it's kind of cool to see like the rats of, of the mobsters dealing with this stuff and how that their frustrations and these meetings. And I like to see them giving up and being like pulling their hair out. I think <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it was it was a cool it was a cool little thing. Um, so, Stephanie, what's your uh, monkey brain comic? So as I mentioned, the one I didn't mention was um, a monkey brain comic called Bandette, which is by um, someone I mentioned during Women in Comics. It's uh, drawn by Colleen Coover and her husband, Paul Tobin. Um, so they formally, they've done a whole bunch of work together. Um, Paul Tobin and Colleen Coover, I think, both came on my radar from this fantastic little indie book called Gingerbread Girl, which if you haven't read, everyone, I highly recommend it. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about <laughs> Bandette. So... Um, and that's fun little short comic again from Monkey Brain, um, and it's sort of like this this girl. It takes kind of this Tintin versus not versus meets Nancy Drew, and um, twists it together into this fun little caper comic about this girl who's essentially like a little cat burglar. Um, she's a good guy, but you know she can't help herself, and she wants to steal things, but. <laughs> at the core of it all, she still wants to help people at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I won't get too into the plot because really, there's actually really not too much there. This first issue pretty well focuses on a little heist she has going on. Um, but for some reason, it kind of has this like Amelie feel to it for some reason. I guess maybe it's the hmm. Frenchiness of it. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, baguette. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I don't really know what to say. I guess she's kind of like Robin Hood. Um, and maybe like she's just fun and quirky. And she ha there's this great little dialogue. She kind of has this um, a couple panels where she's talking to a dog um, that's owned <laughs> by the people she's robbing. And she kind of just has this like conversation with it. <laughs> nice. And it's just there's again there's really not a lot to say about the plot itself but it's just a really fun and interesting comic and i think um i love paul tobin's writing but the biggest draw to the book for me is um calling coover's art which is so fun and just brings the book to life and it's so simple and yet so perfectly effective for this style and uh just for what they're doing and um have, have any of you guys read it at all I haven't, mm. but it's in my. Um, it's one of the ones I didn't get to, but it's in my cart. Um, I'm gonna actually gonna be hitting the checkout button when I get home. There's <laughs> well, just... I'm just trying to. I'm kind of trying to describe the art style a bit. It's almost kind of watercolor. -y. Yeah, no, we're mm. looking at it right now. Yeah, I, I, I have. It's, oh, it's I'm totally. Kind of... Yeah, I'm totally buying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's it's a little Aldred, little mm -hmm. Mike Aldred, but also some Bill Watterson. Yeah, and her facial expression. Mm. That's a Calvin face. Ah, yeah. uh, my favorite. Calvin and Hobbes, word up. 
I mean, it, it looks amazing. Again, I'm having like a lot here. of trouble trying to kind of find words for it at the moment, but it's just a really fun comic and um, it's a really interesting, it just something that you haven't seen yet. I don't think in the comics world, at least um, in modern times. Hmm. It has so. some whimsy to it. It looks like. It almost reminded good. me of one of those progressive insurance commercial arts. <laughs> <laughs> it's flow. Yeah. No, 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 no. The ones with like the, the like the superheroes. In them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My no. favorite part. I'll say this: like, um, my favorite part of this, without again giving it away, is the last few three or four pages where she's making her getaway from, you know, the shenanigans she's gotten into, <laughs> and um, it's just it's just great. You guys have to pick it up and read it. Now, can I ask, as the non-digital person around here, will this company print a, a book at some point, collecting them into a small trade, or do we have um, any? I think I of kind of touched on this a bit last week, but um, basically, uh, Monkey Brain is publishing the comics. They take like ten percent of the profits, and ninety percent goes to the artists, and they retain the rights, all the artists and the writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monkey Brain doesn't hold on to any of that stuff. So what it comes down to is they publish it on Comixology, Monkey Brain, um, and whether or not it comes out, um, you know, physically is up to the artists and the people who mm-hmm. hold the copyrights. Yeah. So like, so, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Stephanie. So if it does well, and you know, people are really receptive to it and are asking, you know, can you guys put this out? Can you put this out? Can you put this out? Um, I, I definitely think they're going to be willing to do that, but it's also very dependent on how much it sells online because, you know, publishing these comics costs a lot of money, mm-hmm. which is why digital mm-hmm. is so appealing nowadays. And, um, in order for them to make enough money to sell it, you know, people have to buy it. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those give and take kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So if like Ben Dead is very popular on Comixology, the creators of Ben Dead can go to, let's say image and be like, Hey, um, we, you know, we have this book, Bandit. It did really well in Comicsology. These are the sales numbers, and Image can publish it if they want to. Yeah, Monkey Brain holds no rights to anything other than the digital um, mm-hmm. publishing rights. So anything physical, it's up to the artists and stuff. Um, and the creators. But the good thing about Comicsology as well, Bob, um, you don't have to have like an iPad or an iPhone or any kind of tablet or whatever to read the comics. You can buy them on the computer, and you can also read them on your computer oh, as okay. well. Yeah, so you're not limited to just being able to Format download. Yeah, kind of thing. It's actually a store. Yeah. Yeah. They've got this whole interface that you can use, like all these buttons at the bottom to turn the pages for you, magnify things, all that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah. I definitely. I mean, I'm pretty new to Comicsology as well. Um, and I've just fallen in love with their format and how they do things, and I highly, highly recommend it, Bob. Yeah, it looks just what we I saw there is right up my alley. So yeah, um, I really like it. Yeah, and I read a couple of Monkey Brain stuff as well. I read, uh, well, I read uh, Masks October. and Mobsters. I read October Girl, um, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, uh, and I also I, I also checked out uh, Edison Rex, which is by Monkey Brain, you know, founder Chris Roberson, and uh, it's cool. It's basically. You know, it's it's like a Lex Luthor character. Edison Rex is the smartest man in the world who is always fighting this hero. His name is Valiant, and the the story is basically okay. Well, what if, what if you know, you know, Lex Luthor's always trying to convince the world and everyone else that you know Superman's bad for the world. Really, you know, he's mm-hmm. not really good for the world. So, what if he was able to do that? What if he was able to convince the Valiant, the character, look, you're not good for the world. And what if he beats him? What if there's no more Superman? What what would Lex Luthor do? do and that's what this is about. Oh. Would he would he conquer the world or would he try to save the world? You know, because he's always been saying 
you know, I'm what's good for the world, not for Superman, not Superman, so let's see. And it's the same thing with Edison Rex and this character Valiant. Um, really funny, you know, silly, but uh, with, with, you know, silly but serious, you know, uh, in that way that, you know, comic books can be in a lot of ways. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, the Monkey Brain stuff has been great so far. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reading the rest that I haven't gotten a chance to check out yet. So. I think I mentioned um, when I came back from San Diego that uh, I had had a chance to be on the monkey brain or be in the room for the monkey brain panel. And I got a sneak peek at some of the stuff coming out. And if you like what's going on with monkey brain net right now, if you're already familiar, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of even more amazing stuff coming out. And I, I, I just want them to be available right now because they're so great from the previews I've seen. Yeah, do we know well, any of the release dates on some of these? Because I'm waiting for number two of some um, of these books. No, but like I mean, I think Colleen Coover and Paul Tobin were saying on the panel that they're almost done. Bandette number two, and the great thing about um, Monkey Brain again is, well, it's both great and not so great. Um, there's no real set release schedule, nah. um, but because it's digital, as soon as something's done. You can publish it. I believe they yeah. said, like, after Bandette was done, uh, Colleen sent in the work to Monkey Brain, and they had it published four days later. Nice. Which is something that just doesn't happen in, you know, the world of... The print world? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's hey, kind of a wait. give and take. They can get <laughs> things done right away, but then there's other projects, too, that kind of, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how this progresses. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um, so that's the monkey brain stuff. If you have a, a, a tablet or, you know, even if you don't mind reading comics on your computer, go to Comixology and check this stuff out because it's low cost of entry um, and a really big reward. Uh, so, is there any actual cost to join or is just no. issue by issue? Nope. Well, that's great. Issue so it's not issue. a membership no. deal. Yeah. Nope. Great. You pick up what you want. You pay for what you want. You don't yeah. have to use it in any other way. Nope. Yeah. If, Bob, you decide to buy a whole bunch of stuff online, you download it to your computer and um, say in a couple of years you decide to get an iPad because, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And those comics that you've downloaded like two years ago, they will be good to download again on your iPad when you're ready. Ah, yeah. yeah, they have um, they have an archive section as well where you can store everything and categorize them and everything. Like It's it's like having – it is. It's like having a digital library. Yeah, it is. They, they do a really good job in there. They keep rolling out different, you know, different um, features to it. It's, it's a really good service and it's especially good, you know um, – you know, we have Rob, obviously, who's a great hookup for books. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, it takes time for a person to find a book. Yeah. And if there's a book I need to read for the show, like the late, like the Lady Sif one shot, the Kelly Sue one, I could have gone to Rob and been like, Rob, do you have this book? And maybe he would have found it right away. Maybe it would have taken him a day. I picked that up, by the way. I know. I saw it on your, mm-hmm. on your picture, yeah. um, which was made me think of this. But I, I needed to read it that day, you know. And so I just went on there. They happened to have it on Comixology. I downloaded it. It was on my, you know, it's on my iPad. I read it. And it's instant, you know? So it's good for that stuff, too. You don't have to worry about it being out of stock because they're always yeah. there, you know? Um, so it, it was, it's very cool. Um, but yeah, that monkey brain stuff is great. Check that stuff out. Um, and that will just lead quickly into, into my uh, book of the week. Uh, I've also been catching up on stuff. I've been... Uh, I mentioned we read Batman Incorporated, and I mentioned I wanted to go back and read some of the Grant Morrison Batman stuff. Yeah. So I looked up a reader's guide for the Batman, the Grant Morrison Batman <laughs> stuff, because you need to do that kind of thing for someone who wrote the book for five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on and I got trade. So I got a uh, Batman and Son, which is the first appearance of Damian Wayne as Damian Wayne, um, which is so close to Damian Wayne's, it's very, it's very <laughs> disconcerting. Uh, really, really cool. Where and the hell what has he been? Yeah. <laughs> And so what everyone always tells me is, okay, get ready, it's going to be weird. 
So Batman and Son doesn't start off weird at all. It starts off just like, you know, pretty standard Batman story. A little dark, uh, very verbose, because Grant Morrison's very verbose, and the language is often complicated and dark, uh, but not weird. I can understand everything. Um, so I get through that, and it's not weird. They do a, they do a, uh, a kind of a alternate future story uh, with Damien as Batman, which was really, really cool, yeah. uh, which uh, Bob yep. took a look at. Uh, and then I go to The Black Glove, which is the next series. And that also starts out pretty um, normal. Uh, mm. but, we, but also that's when we get the inklings of Batman Incorporated because we meet Gaucho and the Knight and these people that will come into Batman Incorporated later because um, they were all part of this old like, uh, uh, international league of super buddies or something. Like, um, <laughs> and uh, they only had one meeting that Batman showed up for. Batman didn't show up for any other meetings and the group fell apart without him. And they get called to this meeting of this eccentric billionaire who started this group and you know, things go bad. And then Batman comes home and things are still bad. And then he encounters this character, gets hurt, and then starts seeing this little nymph-looking Batman who, has, who looks like oh, he's part bat. pudgy, yeah. yeah. Bat, are yeah. we talking Batmite here? It looks, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He starts seeing Batmite. Um, and that's when you're like, okay, things are starting to get a little bit yeah. weird. Yeah, he's going to pop up. And, yeah, in yeah. R.I.P., which is the next thing I have. I'm getting that next. Yeah. So it's funny because Morrison starts you off sort of a normal story and then starts leading you down this path into this bizarre story. Uh, really good stuff, though. Really interesting. Cool Batman stories. Good Bruce Wayne stuff as well. Um, good Tim Drake stuff, too. I know. It's just a little aside. I've had... Um, a little, almost like one of those little little McDonald's Happy Meal figures of Batmite for probably about five or six years. No idea how I got it. I had no idea who the hell it was until I read the Grant Morrison stuff. Oh. And it solved the mystery. <laughs> I use him as a piece in uh, Monopoly. <laughs> uh, there's an issue where he's hallucinating, and, he, and in this hallucination or this flashback or whatever it is, because you're not really sure what they are, he's kind of, uh, he's torturing Joe Chill. In a way, oh. he, he keeps coming for Joe Chill and just showing that he can get to him. And it's all this thing. It's really mm-hmm. twisted, weird stuff, but it's really, really good. Um, Bob, you only got a chance to just take a look at that Damien yeah. uh, feature story. What would you think of that? Well, I just love all the alternate future kind yeah. of things. And mm-hmm. so you, once you start to see the little changes, it's just a lot of fun to see. Well, uh, spoilery here, or could we just... You can go spoilery. I mean, it's, it's okay, alternate I mean, future, right. so it's... Uh, uh, it's really Barbara Gordon is now the commissioner, yeah, which is yeah. kind of fun. Alfred's got kind of a different job, and mm-hmm. there's a different Alfred in the Batcave. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think you're talking about that, but nice look for him. Mm-hmm. He's got a trench coat on yeah, over his bat suit. Pretty very, cool. Very, very badass. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just action sequences done well. It seems it's, it's our bat universe, mm-hmm. but... Slightly off, you yeah. Know, Thirty degree turn left a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really cool little story, and it's uh, Batman and Son especially has uh, more solidified my kind of love of the character of Damian Wayne, who I think is just a very interesting um, play on Batman's history and who Batman is, and the dark and light side of Batman and stuff. So I'm really excited to keep reading that stuff. Um, as far as new stuff goes, though, I read the Underwater Welder by Jeff Lemire and reviewed it for the site. Uh, it's available now. It's on Comixology, and also you can get it. Um, it's only like nine dollars uh, yeah. on Amazon right now, so definitely uh, pick it up. It is uh, fantastic. It's uh, so I'm great. sure. Yeah, it's Jeff Lemire doing Jeff Lemire, and what I wrote in the review is that <laughs> it's him doing himself. Yeah, it's him doing yeah. himself. Uh, you know, when he writes his writes his books and draws his books, he's very much an auteur. You mm-hmm. know, he very much has control of every aspect of his story. 
there's no way you can mistake the writing or the art as anything other than Jeff Lemire if you're familiar with his work. Uh, the characters look, you know, the characters look like the Sweet Tooth characters. Except- I was going to say it looks very. I haven't read it yet, but it looks very Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Uh, except these are there's this these aren't um, colored at all. These are it's all black and white pencils. I you know, I ordered it on Amazon. I wonder maybe it's coming tomorrow. Maybe quite possibly. Quite possibly. I don't know. My mailman hates me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's got a. You know, we talked about Animal Man and such, and how uh, very much about families and, and people coming to grips with mother, father, you know, daughter ha- ha- responsibilities. This is all about what underwater underwater welders about. It also it's wrapped in this kind of twilight zoney. Uh, shell where you know this guy is underwater welder the titular underwater <laughs> welder he's diving and he finds this watch that belonged to his father in the bottom while mm. he's diving and this leads to a, a very kind of spooky uh, scenario mm. um, very very cool very emotional very real feeling the, the lead character feels like such a real person you know you, you really feel for them a lot even when he's making stupid mistakes and you know shirking responsibilities. You know, he has a wife who's pregnant and he decides to go out and work on this barge when he doesn't have to. And that's a big impetus for the, the, the story. Mm. So it's really cool. Stephanie, I know you got a chance to check it out, right? Yeah, I did. I, uh, I, it's such a bizarre comic. Um, and it's not really, I'm, I mean, we've gotten really used to lately seeing Jeff Lemire do Swamp Thing and, um, Animal yeah. Man. Yeah. And, Animal um, Man. you know, things like, Ant- wait, no, he I does Animal Man. Mixed up. Wait, Scott I Snyder am. does Swamp Thing. Right. Scott Snyder does Swamp Thing. He does Animal Man. Yes. What Animal am I thinking Man. about? Anyways, whatever. <laughs> so it's not like your typical superhero comic. And um, it, it's just this great little, if you like Jeff Lemire, you'll love this book. It's so quirky. And I think Bobby really summed it up great by saying that it was very Twilight Zony. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not really sure what exactly is going on if it's, you know, reality or if it's, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. The art's great. Again, like Bobby said, it's very, very, very much Jeff Lemire. Yeah. And um, it's just an all-around great story. It won't take you very long to get through, um, but it's worthwhile, and you'll want to read it again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Lemire has this way of drawing people. It's just so very emotional. You know, it's not... It's rough. He, he has like a rough style to his art, but it's just very emo- he's very emotional, a, a way to get emotions out of people. And the thing that makes it very Twilight Zone is that this lead character has a fatal flaw that causes him to want one thing very, very badly. And when he gets that one thing, he realizes it's the last thing in the world yeah. that he wants. Um, and, that way, and if you like the idea of that kind of story, then you will like this, this book. I think that eventually when we get to the point where we have our own merchandise... And we have shirts and shit that yeah. we should have a shirt that just is talking comics on the front and on the back it just says read Jeff Lemire. Yeah. <laughs> or that or just a picture of him. Yeah, picture of Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Like a Uncle Sam picture, picture of Jeff Lemire. Yeah. And be like, oh, it's a Jeff Lemire shirt. No, it's not, man. It's a talking <laughs> comic shirt. Yeah. Look at the tag in the back. Yeah, oh. exactly. That's how much we talk about him. He goes on our shirts. But yeah, it's definitely a book everybody should check out. The Underwater Welder. Um, I think it's on. It's $10 on Comixology and you can get it on Amazon for 10 bucks. So... Check that out if you get a chance. Indeed. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Bob, finishing off with you. Sure. Uh, No pressure for that. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I kind of struggled this week to find a book of the week. It was a okay week. Yeah, it was an okay week. Comic-wise, nothing special. So, you know, Hickman's Future Foundation, still a lot of fun. Great, Steve, great Valeria moments here. I need to read it. I forgot. 
I totally forgot <gasps> that it was in my pile. I need to read it when I get <laughs> That's home. That's a goodie. Um, I'm going to flog myself. <laughs> third issue of John Byrne's Trio, which has a nice little uh, reveal on one of the characters. It was who, very good. Yeah, which we can't say because no. people may be waiting for the trade. Yeah. But it's we're building nicely here to the sort of Godzilla-like destruction and spacemen. And it's yeah. gotten, gotten kind of crazy. Well, and like I said, we talked about this when we talked about yeah. World's Finest, about this kind of meeting of new and old style. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that both of these people, I think, who are doing it very well are both writers from, uh, you know, you know, who really, really were in their prime writing time in the 70s. 20, and the, 70s, you know, 20, 80s. Yeah, sure. 70s, 80s. Um, where they still maintain a, a lot of that. There's wordiness to it, and there's a lot of deep character stuff in it, but they forego, I think, the extra words that used to be included in, you know, 80s and 70s comic books. Yes. And I think that it's a really nice balance. Right, we still get loads of captions, fun sound effects. Yeah. You know, but you're, it's the unseen narrator. You know, it's the mm-hmm. omniscient voice that's telling you, oh, something here. And it's, always, it's done interestingly. He writes very, very well. Oh, he writes very, very yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, then there's something that's not so hot, <laughs> which was Avengers 28, which is nothing much happens. We mm-hmm. get lots of pages of the Red Hulk and <laughs> stuff. And... Huge columns of words what the with fuck people, is that? right? With people standing around the table, <laughs> and are, are, what's a ridiculous to me plot that of is weird. You know, this is Thunderbolt Ross. Is spoiler alert: the Red Hulk. Yeah. It's who he is at this point. Going off to be an assassin. Well, he's about 108 years old. So <laughs> you know, sneaking into some place through the air ducts, yeah. and the people he's sneaking up on are the Phoenix Force Five. Is probably not the best military strategy he's ever come up with. You probably don't want to send a Hulk to do a quiet job. Yeah. Well, so they, they send the old man instead who can get his head chopped oh, off. Okay. Hulk sneak. <laughs> yeah, it's just, eh. Yeah. So anyway, so have, having failed through that... Um, <laughs> as he throws them to the as ground. As I throw them to the floor... Uh, when we were doing our research for our Women in Comics Week, I pulled this one box I have, which has all sorts of generally reprints of Golden Age characters or whatever. And I came across something that had been put in a bag. And the bag is actually still here. It's very sort of nasty looking. Um, it's a series from 1995 to 97 called Hilly Rose Space Reporter, mm-hmm. which is so indie. It's, it's probably the most indie thing we've done here because this was self-published. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, and it's a fellow named B.C. Boyer, Bruce Charles Boyer, whose dad apparently was a Disney animator. And he had done Masked Man for Eclipse and a few other things. And then 10 years out, out of nowhere, all of a sudden this project shows up. And what you have here is she's about an 18-year-old girl who's a reporter uh, on her dad's space newspaper, whatever it is. And uh, she's being recruited to come back to Earth. Uh, she wants to be the best reporter possible. Her mom was and died covering some intergalactic war, and she wants to go back to you know, her roots and do this. Her father is keeping her on his paper by manufacturing. It's, it's a secret, but it happens. We give it away halfway through the first issue anyway. He manufactures disasters, so she has something to cover to keep her working. Ah. So there's intrigue. There's, you were talking about the mixture of silly and serious. There's a real serious plot, and the, the first storyline here is called Heartbreak News. And the other paper she's going to work for, which is the back cover of the issue, is the Rocket Times. Mm. It is this amazing amalgam of art style that is, it's Will Eisner's spirit, it's Dave Stevens, Wally Wood, and Bill Watterson, and, and Berkeley Breath all sort of mashed together. It's funny animals. Uh... 
giant monster guys with guns who are all a, a rather uh, she, he get, he gets a rather big comeuppance. I can see the Disney influence on this page over here. Definitely. Yeah, so it, it's sort of film noir, sci-fi, funny animal comedy. Mm. Altogether, now that old that old yarn, that old yarn. <laughs> it, it it was so singular. I the only place that carried this was Jim Hanley's in Manhattan. At this point, I was going to see a lot to the doctor, and I would get off the train and walk down Thirty Third Street once a month. And it didn't show up once a month. It showed up once every two, sometimes three. There are nine issues. It ends in the middle of a story. Because this book ended up being destroyed by the distributor wars when Marvel was trying to go with Heroes World and Cap City and Diamond, and they all, they all put out way too many books, and a lot of things went down the drain. And this was one of them. Amazingly, there's a trade. They printed a trade paperback of the first five issues, and it's really nicely done. And the individual issues and this trade sell for about 80 cents a piece on Amazon. <laughs> wow. Uh, you, you can't find a whole set. It's just near impossible. I just got very, very lucky. It is just charming and wonderful and funny. You've got a great female lead character. She's always got her chin. She leads with her chin. She's going to do what she needs to do to have something happen here for her family. It's a cool little book. Uh, if you can find it somewhere, it's in the, it's in your local store, probably buried in a box under the counter because that's where it's been for the last 15 years. 25 cent bin? Yeah. If you can get lucky enough to find it. Now, the fellow who did it, Mr. Boyer here, disappeared. When the book got canceled, he basically never worked in comics again. And when you, as you just saw this art, it is really cute. It, it, mm. th- this is someone who sh- you think would have would have worked. We've got, I mean, here's the '90s excesses in, in essence, right here on a page I just showed to Steve. There's a guy with pouches and leg straps and bandoliers across his chest, and he's being called out by this little doggy duck character who eventually breaks his nose, breaks his leg, and. <laughs> Kicks his tuchus up and down the street. <laughs> this is going to sound really strange. It's sure. very, very left field. But you're telling me how this guy disappeared like halfway through a thing. I'm getting almost like a cool world vibe yeah. because <laughs> okay. of the, the artwork got, that maybe got sucked like into. yeah, like yeah. when, when yeah. all that shit was going down, he was down and out. That he just got sucked <laughs> into his own world, well, <laughs> and he's like he's somewhere inside the comic. That would that would be nice because I I may have found him today. I've been doing internet searches for a week trying to come up with something. This not much about this book, except what's in some of the forewords. I found a website today that's Bruce Boyer and Charles, which is his father's name and could even be his son's name. This is already you know nearly twenty years out, doing party portraits. You know, show up at a wedding and do paintings of the people in the <laughs> wedding party, and that's that's pretty sad. It's it's. I hope he's making a living. Yeah, I used to draw Hilly Rose. Oh, that's right, <laughs> We're, but. Th- if you can, I think every, one of our listeners could get something really nice out of this really cute, very under-the-radar book. Cool. All right. Hilly Rose, self-published, you said, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it came through Astro Comics. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the trade, you can, can you find the trade? It's on Amazon for 86 cents. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> so you can at least get the first five? You can the first get the five. first five issues. Okay, there you go. So at least you can get five of them. So... Um, Hilly Rose, 80 cents on Amazon. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> cheaper than Comixology. Yeah, cheaper than Comixology. So probably three ninety nine shipping. That's true. I forgot yeah. that part. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Beaten again. It's a whole $5 for the book. Um, all right. So that's going to end our book of the week segment. Um, we're going to come right back and answer some listener questions. I'm going to have to study. All right. We are back. And we are going to be doing our topic of the week, which is some listener questions. We've got email, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got a, a deluge 
of questions oh. to read. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to mention the top of the show, and I forgot. Um, if you guys have been following us on Twitter, or on Facebook, or whatever, you may have noticed that we got some uh, new art. Yes. Steve, why don't you tell the folks at home who's responsible for this wonderful art? Uh, the, okay. The one, this has been a work in progress. Um, there's still a little bit more to come, a little bit more of redesigns, but... Um, you can find her name is Hanny Mode, and she is a comics artist and commissions artist. She's just a, she's from Malaysia and she is absolutely just adorable, wonderful, talented, everything. Um, she was featured in the back of the latest, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick Captain Marvel number one. You could find, uh, you know, an iteration of, of Captain Marvel in the back. She's also got a, I have... At least fifteen of them in my living room right now. Um, she has something called the uh, sweater series, which is basically a lot of the females from DC and Marvel in like cute little um, sweaters oh, yeah. and winter, like winter gear and stuff like that. Um, just superheroes and at- sweaters. That's right. what it's called. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, very very stylistic. Um, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, she was good enough to, I had contacted her and her and I had a bit of a back and forth and I asked her to do some uh, work for us. And now she is going to be uh, pretty much the artist of Talking Comics. Mm. So uh, you can check out, she has a website called uh, My Hand Moves Funny. <laughs> Isn't that a great name? And uh, we'll be attaching some links to some of her stuff with this podcast so that you can check and- her out. Also, uh, just for those of you who are familiar with womanthology, Hanny was also Jill Pantosi. She's uh, a writer for the Mary Sue. Hanny did the art for Jill Pantosi's story in womanthology. She did the coloring. I believe she did the Did she do art. both? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. Maybe. Maybe she did both. Anyway, <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so check out, I mean, if you haven't seen it, there are, there are Twitter avatars at this point. Um, and Facebook has got a really good uh, the cover page. That timeline shit. The top of the page yeah. is, has got you know all four of us all lined up. Uh, very 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 cool. We're very thankful and very uh, very honored to have her be mm-hmm. a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. It's just awesome stuff. Um, so um, we're gonna go to listen to our questions now. I'm gonna start with some emails. Um, we'll bounce back and forth here, but I have two emails I got about uh, our women in comics week uh and they're not really questions they're more uh, suggestions or uh nitpicks about characters we did not mention mm. oh. um so uh this is from ethan it says hi i just listened to your podcast on women in comics and I'd like to mention a few characters from the 80s marvel books that left an impression on me growing up um heather mcneil hudson from alpha flight mm-hmm. uh she rallies alpha flight after the death of her husband and eventually takes up the mantle of guardian uh princess mari from micronauts Late in the first Micronaut series, she takes on the leadership of the team when Commander Ran loses touch with reality. So, um, and then she, uh, he has he lists two G.I. Joe characters, uh, Scarlet from G.I. Joe and Baroness from G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of his ads to our, our talk. Yeah. So thank you very much, Ethan, for that. Um, <clears throat> this is from Scott. And this is a little bit, a little bit less listening, a little bit more. I can't believe you left these people out uh, of your discussion. Let's so, hear it. Yeah, bring it on. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you guys left out Terra from the Teen Titans. Hero and villain, she brought down the Titans and was super crazy to boot. Uh, Moira McTaggart was a good non-hero character. She had to kill her own son, Proteus. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's a pretty strong woman to make a decision like that. No one even mentioned Elektra. 
How could she have not made anyone's list? Uh, Karma from the New Mutants was pretty cool. And she, he's, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more, and there will be a lot more to come, he says. Yeah. Uh, but we choices can't mention all. everyone. Yeah. Those are all very good mentions. Yeah. I will, I will say that uh, the Terra inclusion, is, it's a story I just read in the last couple of months, the, uh, the Judas Contract, Teen Titans uh, story by Marv Wolfman. Uh, really cool character. Uh, but to me, I mean, I guess really, I guess historic in the way that uh, when she was used at, at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about how mentally unstable characters that I, I, I don't know. They just don't seem like full fledged characters to me. You know? I have a, a four parter with Tara. I was just going to say, read that because yeah. it, it leads directly into power girl. It's Palmiotti and gray and, oh, okay. and Amanda Connor. It is, is a great, so if you I read it. Okay. I don't. I don't feel as strongly as as you do about okay. it. Maybe because I read it out of context. Like that's all I've read from her. That, um, like he was saying, like like uh, characters with a, like a lot going on mentally. Mm-hmm. There's there. It felt like there was a lot of beforehand stuff mm-hmm. that I should have known. That sometimes when they try to wrap it up for you really quick in a few panels, it just doesn't take. So, but yeah, it did seem rushed. I'll, yeah, absolutely right. I'm there. sure if you know the character, if you have that history with them, then maybe it's more enjoyable. But for me, it was kind of like it didn't make me want to seek anything else out. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't have been on any list of mine. Yeah. But that's awesome. You should uh, check out the Judas Contract, which is the Teen Titans yeah. uh, book. Uh, Rob has it. Yeah, I borrowed from him, so you should probably check it <laughs> out. Well, well, Rob has everything. It's true. Mm-hmm. He does. But he has, he's one of the things he actually has, like just on call. You know, it's like his like favorite arcs or what what have you. Um, so those are a couple emails. We we'll get back to more emails later. Uh. When we do a Twitter question, Stephanie, who's got Twitter? Stephanie, right? Yes, All I right. took on the Twitter questions. We've got a whole buttload of questions. Okay. Buttload. <laughs> um, so this one actually ties into what we were talking about earlier, Steve and myself. Um, and Matthias Eklund, who is for father on Twitter, wanted to know, what's your opinion on digital distribution of comics through Comixology and the future in publishers like Monkey Brain Comics? So we touched on this a little bit, but... I guess this is a little bit of a chance for all of us to give their opinion all around on digital comics and such. Yeah. Um, Bob, why don't you start out? Sure. Look, I am a physical media guy. I still want to buy DVDs and CDs and have a book in my hand. Mm-hmm. But it's quite obvious that, you know, with the world of Kindle and Nook and everything else, books are going away. Right. There'll still always be a place for them. Yeah. If, if this can be delivered... At 99 cents, not what Marvel and DC are doing where it's still sort of a book price. If you can get books into the hands of people quickly, uh, react to the marketplace more directly, 99 cents, do it. Yeah. Go for we, we want the medium to survive. It doesn't have to be books. I'd love there, though, to be, as the addendum to those, trades. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you want to put the collection on your shelf to revisit it that way and have that yeah. smell and feel of a real book. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I agree with you, Bob. I mean... There is something about holding a physical book. I'll never, I'll never discount that. Um, I, I do hope that digital distribution can um, bring a little more power to the creator. I think, in some ways, if mm-hmm. it's treated the correct way, I think it can bring more power to the creator because you all of a sudden you don't have to worry about you know publishing costs and having a publisher and getting somebody to distribute it and selling the rights to somebody. You know, you can put it on you know a, a place, and if you can promote it well enough, somebody can find it. You know that that always be the thing that oh, that's why there will be always be a place for big companies because you need somebody to, you know, advertise for you. You need somebody to push your your yeah. product. But uh, I think the digital front is interesting. I mean, I like reading books digitally. I have no problem with it. Um, and I think that much like the Nook or the Kindle, it like you said, it keeps the medium around. It changes the delivery method, but it doesn't 
destroy the medium. And mm-hmm. I think that if we can move into a way where books on digitally can be cheaper, and maybe if you still want the physical copy, then you pay the normal price. You pay your three ninety nine or your two ninety nine, and that's fine. That keeps that market alive. You know what I mean? Um, and the digital market, you know, thrives in a different way. So I'm a fan of it. I just it's interesting because. Right now, it's better for me to get books physically because I can get better deals on them. You know, but if it was better digitally, I'd do that. I have no allegiance to physical media. Steve, hmm. what about you? Um, well, like I said just the other day, I had finally made myself a Comixology account, and um, I'm enjoying it. Like I enjoy the in- the interface and everything. Um, and I think it's really cool that they allow you to archive your books and you can access them. Like the idea that you can access them from every from anywhere yeah. is what sold me. I thought that it would be kind of like a digital download that once that's on your hard drive, that's it. Because I don't want to sit at my computer chair, doubled over, leaning into my my monitors <laughs> right. to read a comic. I want to yeah. sit. Like if I buy it at my at my like my um my tower, but I want to sit on my couch with my tablet. I want to be able to do that now that I know that I can. Um, like I said, I'm a I'm 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 with you. Like I'm a physical, or I'm with Bob. I'm a physical media. I prefer it over just because I like the show of the collection. I like the you know guilty. I like showing off the books that I get. Yeah, you know, um, very proud of that. I don't necessarily. The, I don't really feel a sense of pride when it's like, wait until you see how many gigabytes this folder <laughs> is. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, but as far as it. Being out there, I think it's great because especially with the – take the younger kids, for example. I mean, right now it's summer, but when school kicks up again and the new books come out during the daytime, the younger audiences, if we're going to get them to start reading books, they're in school. They can purchase their books, let's say, in the morning, even on the bus. They can do it digitally, and they can have their books, and they can read them throughout the day – where they're still buying comics. If they can't make it into the store to get their physical copies, they can buy them online and yeah. have them. And just, I'm, I, I support whatever medium is getting comic books into readers' hands. Mm-hmm. If you have to do it digitally, if that's the way that, that you're able to do it, then do it. Yeah. Um, so that's my, my thing. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm kind of a mix of both. Uh, I have way more physical than digital, but now with being comfortable with comiXology... Once I get an iPad, I will probably just go nuts. Right, yeah, absolutely. See, I just have a comment, because uh, I'm weird. Uh, the idea of kids in school, I mean, so the teacher will confiscate your iPad. You'll get that back at the end of the year, young man. What do you think you're reading comic books here in the classroom? He steals your, your iPad or something and sticks it in the desk of doom. I was thinking more during either a free period or on the bus. Right, or, yeah. You know. I believe me. There was a lot of things that you weren't allowed to have in schools that I got yeah. away with on a daily <laughs> yeah, basis. Absolutely. I will say this too, as and this is very kind of limited scope, but as a site that reviews comics, the fact that you can get comics digitally makes interfacing with publishers a hell of a lot easier because now now they don't no longer have to send you um, yeah. physical Care books. Package, right. You know, they can just go here's our FTP or here's an email to links to these books and we can re- get them and review them immediately and not only that we have you know we're spread all over the country our contributors I can go here you're going to review this book here's a link to this book yeah you know check it out and it makes it a lot easier you know um, but Stephanie you asked the question what do you think of all this um, I think I've mentioned this before but 
Um, in the past year, I've moved across Canada twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another big move coming up across uh, countries, really, to the United States eventually. Join and, us. Um, yeah. With that impending and after two big moves where it was exceptionally stressful and I just started to realize that I have way too much shit. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm really leaning towards digital I love owning things, um, and maybe when I have a place to kind of settle down that I won't be moving from anytime soon, I can think about doing physical copies again. But as of right now and for the foreseeable future, digital is my best friend. Aww. All right. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. <clears throat> yeah, the, the space issue is a big part of it as well. Um, it's really nice also when I want to, if I'm going on a road trip or, you know, taking the bus up to Boston or the train up to Boston or something like that, I can just bring my iPad with me and read mm-hmm. a collection of comics. That's why it's so nice what Marvel's doing with their books all coming digital copies, at least all of their 399 books. Because I can buy them physically, have them, but also have a digital copy yeah. of them. Um, I just really quick, one drawback that I think about the whole digital medium is that you can't, people can't borrow books from you. No. Like, you can't be like, well, here's my, you know, here's my username and password. Yeah. And when, you know, when you're done, just forget it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Um, So, and I mean, there's so many times where, you know, you know, oh, I haven't read that. And then we meet up next week and we bring it. Here it is. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's a sacrifice, but... um, Whatchamacallit, uh, my phone's going off. I got distracted. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Next question, please. But that's one of the reasons why I started buying more physical books was because of this. Was because we, sometimes we come here before the podcast and we're like, oh, here's my book of the week, so here's yep. how you can read yep. it, blah, 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 whatever. Um, yeah. So I think there's arguments for both. We just got an awesome question uh, that somebody texted me. Oh, yeah? So when, sure. we get, when we get to it, we got to it. It's long. Okay. <laughs> um, Stephanie, why don't you throw another Twitter question at us? Sure. So Eric Charbonneau, who is Rick Coolwater on Twitter, he just wants to know what series should he start next? Why the Last Man, Northlanders, Invincible, Morning Glories, or the current run of Daredevil? Ooh. So hmm. I don't know. I've, I've only read a handful of these myself. I mean, maybe half of them. So I don't know. Uh, Anyone? It, it, yeah. For me, I think it all depends on uh, how much of a... Uh, commitment you want to, to stake yeah. out yeah uh i mean i haven't read why the last man yet uh stephanie i know you have and you love it uh hmm. there's a lot of it though um why the last man's a fantastic series um definitely one of those things uh, it would be on one of my top 10 lists of the things you need to read before you die if mm-hmm. you know as far as comics go so that's definitely something you should start but it, i mean there's a lot of it yeah. morning list. glories is obviously um for the most part, a favorite. <laughs> for the most part. Um, and that you can get, there's three trades you can get and you're basically caught up. And then yeah, I think exactly. you're only an issue behind. So, and they're very inexpensive too. Yeah, I think it's like, it's like $10, $12, and $13 uh, for the three trades. And that's at full price. I don't know if you could probably for go on Amazon. Morning Glories? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean the the one thing about getting into Morning Glories, um, just so you know that once you're, I mean it's fantastic, but once you're caught up, you're kind of in the same position that we all are where you don't know when the next issue is going to come out. Yeah. Like, it's kind of up in the air. It won't come out for a month. Mm-hmm. You're waiting to... Well, I think the problem with the latest issue was something along the lines of... I, it's on a monthly schedule, but I think right now uh, there was just a delay with this latest issue. Right. Uh, Nick Spencer tweeted today. He said it's coming. He's like, it's 32 pages, though, and it's only two ninety nine. So, yeah, but we, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we... Pages. 
we've run into things before where, you know, things don't come out when they're supposed to. That's yeah, one no. of those series or Whispers, for example, that right. book. Mm-hmm. That book, I feel like I've been, every time that an issue of that comes out, I feel like I'm waiting until the next year for another yeah. one. Um, I'm not saying that it's not worth getting into, just that once you're caught up, you're you're going to be in that position where you're kind of left with your hands in the air going like, well, when's the next when's the next time I can dive into this? If you're looking to start a series, my advice would be to go to one of the the ones like Stephanie's recommending Why the Last Man, at least that's complete. Mm. That if you really, really want to immerse yourself into something and you want to get like the full satisfaction of a run, I would start with something or get into something that's completed. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I will say this. So you mentioned Dare, the new Daredevil. Uh, and that is, I think, only I think 15 issues in. Yeah. I think we're at 15 yeah, issues probably. in now. Uh, and that's fantastic. And the trade of the first volume is out. And I'm pretty sure the it second is volume good. is coming out soon. Uh, it's a really great book. And it's a great superhero book. So if you're looking for a superhero book to get mm-hmm. into. And there's again, there's only 15 issues. So uh, it's something to really look out for. Uh, I, I, every issue to me has, except for maybe one issue, which was part of that Omega it, Effect yeah, trilogy. Yeah. Uh, every issue to me has been just you know, fantastic. So yeah. that's a series that you could really sink your teeth into. There's also, I just want to mention really quick that, especially from Image, there's a whole mess of number ones that have been coming out pretty much every week of uh, some really exciting stuff like Revival and uh, Mind Management is is out now and uh, Mind the Gap. And just these these books that are really, really cool, very different. And if you get in at the beginning you can start following them now. Right. Yeah. So always be on the lookout for number ones because they, 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 they're like wildfire. They're coming out every week. There's something new. There's mm-hmm. like well, five new books this, today. Seems to me like he's looking for maybe some trades, some issues that are already yeah. have a couple trades So uh, just give from what options. he's suggested. So. Uh, Northlanders I have never read, so I don't. It looks cool. It's like I've Vi- always Viking wanted to shit. check out Northlanders, yeah. but personally I'd say, again, Why the Last Man? It's a must read for pretty well everyone who loves comics. Yeah, it's next after after Runaways. That's the the next collecting. Going through your Brian K. Vaughn. I am. Yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I a like good him. writer. I think he's good. All right, um, let's do a little uh, Facebook action here. Facebook. Facebook Facebook question. Yeah. All right, let me bring up one of those. Uh, Ryan Lemieux wants to know, or he's wondering rather, how are you feeling about the progression of the Watchmen books? Uh. So we, I mean, we've set our distaste for the Night Owl book, yeah. um, and our kind of uh, hesitation about the uh, Osmandius yes. book. Yeah. Uh, Comedian is book which I loved the first issue of. Uh, I read the second issue and it really disappointed me. I, I, I thought it was very, I thought it was bad, uh, just all over the place and not and not fun. Uh, we talked about Silk Spectre last week. Yeah. We really liked that book, and I really yeah. like Minutemen as well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm still looking forward to reading uh, Rorschach, but. Uh, for me, um, I definitely am going to keep reading Comedian um, just to see what happens, at least a third issue. And Silk Spectre, I'm pretty much in now, and Minutemen as well. I mean, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think, Bob? Uh, to me, it's unfortunately been exactly what I thought. The two I thought were going to be the best, based on Darwin Cook, mm-hmm. have been. Yeah. And the others are, Stephanie, I'm going to steal your word, unnecessary? <laughs> <laughs> to date. I mean, first Comedian was good, some yeah. neat little stuff. This other one was just a rehash of some Vietnam stuff. It was all over the map, as you were saying. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Steve, what about you? Silk Spectre. That's it. 
Um, Minutemen was cool, but I think it was the last issue of Minutemen. Those la- was it the last couple pages yeah. of all that stuff going on? Yeah. Um, not that I'm dismissing the title just because of a few pages, but that whole thing really threw me. Um, I just didn't. I don't have enough of an investment in Watchmen. This is not the X Men. This is not mm. the Avengers. Like, I just don't have enough of a of a, an emotional and sentimental attachment to it. I think that the original Watchmen series, as as a completed thing, is a stroke of genius. Mm-hmm. I went the one time that I did read it, I did very much enjoy it. But it's one of those things where it was so so good as a completed work that I never needed anything else to go along with That's it. That's a great point. And um, I am enjoying the Silk Spectre stuff, but only because it's I like seeing that era reflected in her upbringing, and I like what they're doing with it or where they're taking it. Um, I like the whole hippie vibe with like you know, the Beatles show up and Jimi Hendrix is playing in the background, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. But everything else is just kind of like, I feel like it's just echoes of what I've already read before. And if I'm going to go there, why not just reread the original (laughs) and be completely satisfied as opposed to like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I I do agree with you. I mean, I I think that the reason that Silk Spectre, especially that second issue, works so well is because it's not reflecting things that happen in Watchmen, but it has the spirit of Watchmen Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because it's kind of crazy. And Watchmen is a kind of crazy book, you know? Uh, And I do like Minutemen that the last couple panels, if you're not... A kind of completely engrossed in the Watchmen, you know, mythology are pretty confusing. I think mm-hmm. um, if you don't know who Hooded Justice is and what he what he does and what happens to him, it's a confusing set of panels. Uh, but um, I like those books. I'm still, again, the, I said before, Rorschach is my favorite character from Watchmen, so I'm, you know, holding out hope that book is good. But we'll, we'll have to he see. He was treated poorly. Yes, and the Night Owl yeah. book, which is horrible. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, you haven't been uh, shy about your not liking <laughs> of the Before Watchmen stuff. Well, so. I mean, it's not that I don't like them. I just, um, I mean, I believe I was pretty optimistic about the series being potentially good before it came out. But now after reading uh, the majority of the number ones, I can honestly say that not one of them makes me want to go back and read a number two. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't care to read the Silk Spectre even. I don't even really care to read the Minutemen ones. Um, once they come out in trade, maybe that'll change and I can just read them all in one, you know, sitting. Mm. But for the time being, I really couldn't care less. Mm. Right. And I've been completely ignoring the Crimson Corsair thing. Because yeah, I don't even too. read that. Because I know I'm not, cause, yeah, cause I know I'm not yeah. getting all six issues of every run, so I'm not going to be able to read the whole story. Right. right. So what do I care? Right. Uh, Steve, next, another Facebook question. Well, we got a, a comment Okay. It's not a question, but a comment. And, you know, it's nice, yeah, nice to pat good. yourself on the back every now and then. <laughs> uh, Daniel, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> All right, Daniel Vera. Okay. I hope that that, yeah, there you go. That's probably right. Um, not a question, but a comment. Loving the show, listening to you guys discuss comics is equally as entertaining, and sometimes more so, depending on the title, as reading the actual comics. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've picked up some great recommendations listening to the show Emoticon Happy Face. Very nice. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, Okay, here's a good one from Robert Gall. Do you guys ever think we will reach the point of comic book superhero oversaturation occurring, especially in relation to movies? And if so, how long do you think it will be? Or how long do you think it will take? Bob, you want to take a crack? It's now. It's right now. 
You mean movie-wise? No, TV. Uh, book, he's talking about books because of the movies or how we... I think he's just saying through. that like in popular culture. In general. Do you yeah, want me okay. to read it one more time? Yeah, yeah, please. All right. Do you guys ever think we will reach the point of comic book superhero oversatura- oversaturation occurring, especially in relation to movies? And okay. if so, how long do you think it will take? Okay, we in the book phase right now, because we have six different Avengers books and nine different X-Men books, we're, we're to that point where we're overloading the market with books in those little families. I think in movies, it is now... We are, we are finally able to do these because of special effects and technology. So this is the new... In, in, when I was a kid, it was Sinbad the Sailor and Ray Harryhausen and things like that. And those were the fantasy films and James Bond. Mm-hmm. We're doing superheroes now. I think we're still probably five years away from it really just being nutty. Once you've got DC full bore up and running, Justice League and the movies that follow that, that we all have two giant companies churning them out. Yeah. I think then you'll hit it. So maybe five years out before we're critical mass. Right. Um, See, what about you? Yeah, I um, I actually, I was just reading today. I really wish that I clicked on the article and, and done a little bit more reading. But um, I think it's either, it's Fox or, or and somebody, one of the major networks is going to be doing a spinoff series uh, set in the Avengers universe. ABC. Oh, that, yeah. It's ABC. Okay. Yeah. Now, that kind of worries me a little bit. Um, I can't specifically say why because I didn't read the article, but the thing with the the oversaturation aspect of the comics, like I love the fact that comics are coming into the foreground, um, and that they're becoming popular again, and it's it's a, the popular thing to like them again, which I think is great. However, I'm a little bit worried. I think it'll take more time, but I'm hoping I'm gonna. This is a really weird uh, comparison, but I'm gonna use like Rock Band. And Guitar Hero as mm-hmm. as a thing where they just they pumped out so many versions and so many spinoffs and so many things that there was an oversaturation. It became a fad, and to think that quite possibly with all this stuff coming out, that comic could maybe slip into the idea of becoming like a universal fad, kind of freaks me out a little bit. Does that make any sense? That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, Stephanie, what do you think? Um, I think it's almost upon us now. I mean, I liked the Amazing Spider-Man, but I feel like it was too soon. And I feel like they're just kind of putting them out for the sake of putting them out now. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I love the genre, obviously, but it just feels like I, I would rather have fewer of them. Like, I would rather have quality over quantity. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, would, I agree with you on that. Uh but I will say, with maybe the exception of the Green Lantern movie, what we've gotten over the past couple of years has been pretty high quality. Uh, my thing about this question, which I think, feel is weird, and this is going to the way I think of it, is that I think it's come to a point now where, yes, these are superhero movies, but I feel like the superhero movies have just become a part of the action genre, you know, in a lot of ways. So it's like, you know, do... You know, do action movies get oversaturated? You know, there's there's always action movies every year. So I think these are becoming part of the public consciousness enough that I feel like, yes, some characters might get oversaturated and you might need to take a break from Spider-Man or Batman or what have you. Which they won't. No, which they won't until yeah. the movies stop making money, which is like what happened with the, the first round of Batman movies. Uh, 
so I think that is a possibility. But I think as a stable, as long as they keep kind of moving the target about what these movies are about, you know, I, I think I love The Amazing Spider-Man. But the problem with The Amazing Spider-Man is only that it's an origin story. And we've seen so many comic book origin stories mm-hmm. at this point that it becomes a fact that even in popular consciousness, it becomes, okay, I know what this is going to be. I know he's going to yeah. get bitten by a spider or hit by rays or his parents are going to die or what have you and have you. And he's going to do this and this and this and this. And it's going to equal this. And then by the second movie, we'll get to see him doing the really cool stuff that that character can do. That's what yeah. happens in like all those origin movies. So I think there's a big, um, uh, big danger of that type of movie being oversaturated. But I don't think in general that these movies are going to become oversaturated um, because I just feel like they're fitting into a genre of movie. Mm-hmm. And as well, the thing about the Avengers television show is that the, the kind of idea that I heard about it, it's not going to be a superhero show. It's going to be about people who live in a world where this crazy stuff happens. Oh, I'm oh. down for that. Yeah. Well, Marvel. So like Marvel's. Yeah. Oh, that's what be, oh I'd, I'd want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Ranting about that this morning you about were. AVX. Yeah, you were. So cool. that's, yeah, that's what right. they mentioned a couple times. All the stories oh, I read awesome. were talking about that. This, it's still a germ of my um, idea, so they don't even know what it's going to be yet. But it's a brilliant uh, idea, though. Yeah, that, and they've also they've always been talking about this, uh, you, you know, the AKA Jessica Jones show, which, yeah. which would be, you know, Jessica Jones and uh, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, you know, kind of a you know a um, private detective type of show. So hmm. I think if they can manage to do that, and if, if Marvel delivers on this idea of doing lower budget movies about characters that aren't so famous and to make them genre movies, I right. think do that, a Moon Knight movie or something. exactly, yeah. and and do it in in a, a style that makes sense for that character, not necessarily a big yeah. giant superhero movie. I think it can survive, um, and that's why I, uh, the the rock band comparison, which I, which I think is a really cool way to think about it. The only thing about that's different is that, that was a, a specific genre uh, uh, and a specific type of thing. Yeah. You know, it was plastic instruments in your hands, you know, and a music game. You know, yeah. But you look at something like, I mean, third person action games. That's more how I think of superhero movies. Yeah. In, in like a much broader sense. So for me personally, and I could be totally wrong about this because. The way that you know a lot of press deals with things when they get bored of something, yeah. they try to make everybody else yeah. bored of it. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> I mean, yeah. the the fact of the matter is, I mean, at least in my opinion, is that we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about oversaturation yeah. now. They've finally, finally, like comic books, big ideas, and movies like the Avengers, where you can take or Thor. We keep mentioning how Thor was something where it was just it is what it is. Yeah, like it or not, mm-hmm. we're gonna do a movie about it, and if people dig it, they dig it. That there's just gonna there's they finally realize that they've tapped into this this medium mm. where there is literally years and years and decades of stories that they can just keep pulling from. Yeah, that you can take a book from thirty years ago and turn it into a show or a movie, and you don't even have to do anything anymore. No, so <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Bob. You're well, what, there's a. Uh, it, the thing I'd like to say, despite what my reservations about where we move forward here, it's about the quality. Because a year ago, last summer, there were many articles about the death of nerd culture. Mm-hmm. That, you know, after Green Lantern didn't do so well, and Thor did okay, and so did Cap, but nothing mm-hmm. Iron Man numbers. And there were a couple of smart people who were saying, okay, but next summer is Dark Knight, Spider-Man, and the Avengers. Yeah. Are you going to have the same opinion next year as you right. did this year? Yeah. I think it might have been A.O. Scott from The Times. Mm-hmm. And so this year, what's the gross of those three movies? Uh, Two okay. point something billion dollars? <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. we're all, we may all, I may be overstating the death of the whole thing right. for quite a while. I mean, the Avengers, the Avengers box office 
bought this whole thing at least another five years. Yes. Yeah. That, that one movie bought another five years from Marvel to make, do whatever they want to do. Because even if they have failures, they're going to be like, oh, but, but it's just one failure. So yeah, they have a chance. It's house to, money now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Seven, do you have anything else you wanted to say before we move on to the next question? Um, I, I think we've mostly covered everything. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's have Stephanie choose her answer for the next question. Okay. Is from Sal Karnovsky. By the way, Karnov was a very cool Nintendo game about a fire-breathing Russian, so kudos <laughs> to your last name. Um, favorite, uh, favorite comic book animated film? His is Batman Under the Red Hood. So, Stephanie, you first. Ooh, Under the Red Hood is pretty phenomenal. Um, but I'm going to have to go with the Wonder Woman movie, which was a ton of fun. Um, oh, Nathan Fillion's in it, and there's this great line near the end of it where, like, I think the president's like, there appears to be an army of supermodels yes. <laughs> in reference to the Amazons. Yes. And it's just pretty awesome. Very cool. Just, All right, so just saying. Wonder Woman. Uh, Steve, pick who you want to go next. Um, Bob. Oh, uh, my vote on this subject? Yes. I agree with Stephanie. Wonder Woman. Just watched it the other day. Love I the Wonder it. Woman animated movie. I haven't watched it yet, but I do have it. I have it as uh, well. I have not watched it. It's one of the ones I haven't and, watched. And while you're at it, uh, for the people who still buy, buy the two-disc version, the extra features, two great documentaries about the history of the character and its Ooh, creator. Nice. Yeah, And some Trina Robbins, too. And if Robbins, you can too. get the Blu-ray, it comes with an action figure, <gasps> yo, that I totally Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, all right, my favorite is uh, from Batman the Animated Series, The Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, that's a good one. one. Yeah. That's a pretty great one. Yeah. Um, for a while, I, I was like, that's the best Batman movie <laughs> and, <laughs> until Batman <laughs> Begins came out. Uh, that was my, my thing. Um, I haven't seen the Wonder Woman one yet, and Batman Under the Red Hood is really excellent. Uh, it was their kind of first foray into the, kind of like the darker stuff there. Uh, I, I really love um, the Justice League New Frontier oh, yeah. movie. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that. Quite a bit. It's the Darwin Cook, yeah. uh, uh, and it's you know it was the fifties, right? It starts at the end of the Korean War. Yeah. So it's it's the Silver Age DC characters, but it's all off. It's just twisted yes. yeah. a little bit. McCarthyism is rampant. Yeah. Really well done. It's the Silver Age characters if they've been written, you know. By somebody like uh, later, you know, yeah, it's it's that's looking a perfect back, way to say it. Yeah, looking back on that time, and it's really great. And I t- I want to watch the first time. I I think I went to Bob Storm and I, we were talking about, it and I mentioned this line. There's this great Batman moment where he sees the Martian Manhunter for the first time, and he's talking to him, and he he kind of you know does a bat- very Batman thing where he comes into his apartment, uh, you know, just is there. Hello, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly <laughs> what happens, and uh, you know, he says, you know, I have a I have a twenty million dollar. Uh, piece of meteor to stop yeah. uh, the guy from Metropolis. All I need to stop you is a book of matches from the corner yeah. store. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's like, I'll be watching oh. you kind of thing. Uh, it's, awesome. a, it's great. And the art style is great. It's a great, it's a great one. And let me just throw one more thing out there. Uh, speaking of a Justice League one, Crisis on Twin Earths. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. We, mm. we, it's the crime syndicate on Earth 3. Mm. We really expand out the storyline from the JL, uh, the Earth 2 JLA uh, uh, trade paperback yeah. or hardcover however you right. bought it really well done and James Woods as the evil Batman Owl Man is really chilling yeah I think Bruce Greenwood is Batman in that one yeah and he's very good he's too. very good in that one yeah nice he also voices Batman in Young Justice Bruce mm. Greenwood um, okay so uh, to we have one another one from Robert Gall he's, this is actually a, a, the leading off of he says to spearhead off of Saul's question 
Favorite animated TV show and why? And also, who has the better animation department, DC or Marvel? Well, I think it's obvious. We didn't mention one Marvel thing when we (laughs) were talking right there. Steph, you agree DC? Yes, DC. All right, so DC. Um, Favorite animated television shows? Pick pick three. (laughs) Go ahead, Uh, um, Superhero or just anything? Pick three. Uh, Why don't we just... Anything. Uh... Well, I mean, Batman the Animated Series yes, is okay. obviously uh, a fantastic. Um, and, uh, I mean, Young Justice has become one of my favorite things, like, in the world yes, right now. Yes, uh, And those are both superhero things. Um, you know, and tough, because as far as animated TV shows go, I haven't, you know, watched very many as I've gotten older. So, you know, other than, like, the adult animated shows, I guess you would say. Uh, but, you know, I used to love Darkwing Duck. When I was a kid, let's get dangerous. Yeah, I, I, uh, Ducktales. The whole Disney afternoon was a big was a big hit with me. Uh, Rugrats, and there was this there was this um, show called Count Duckula. Oh yeah, that. man. Yeah, which I was obsessed with as a kid. Hell yeah, Count Duckula. Yeah, so those are a few of my, of my faves right there. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll go. Um, Batman the animated series, mm-hmm. probably my all time favorite. Uh, Young Justice, absolutely just phenomenal, and. I just finished watching it. Avatar, The Legend of Korra. Oh, right, yeah. So you're tweeting about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you talk about Young Justice and how, like, you, like, you've watched it. You know how satisfying it is, like, at the end of certain episodes where you're just like, oh, yeah. like, it was so good. <laughs> Around, like, the fourth, fifth episode, there's only 12 episodes in the season, it was like that mm-hmm. for Legend of Korra, where it just... It took the Avatar series and and just the whole property to another more mature level. The the villain in the new season is such an incredible threat to the entire bending nation that I just I loved the the overall the adult themes. Like it's kind of like the Harry Potter series where they kept the original fans of like Aang and Katara and Sokka like they they it, the show grew up with them. Where I'm, I mean, I'm older, but I'm still into animation. That I watch these things, and it was phenomenal. So if I had to pick three, it would be the the Avatar series and, and Adventure Time for an honorable right. mention. Love Adventure Time. So Bob, what do you think? Well, we'll retire Batman the animated series because yes. we're all going to say it. Um, <laughs> do, do. When I was ten, they did a each night was a different Marvel superhero done using the original panel animation, uh, panel art. So it was Don Heck and Kirby. And they sometimes were animated, but it was the real stories. And So it was Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, and Submariner. Each, each night, someone different at 7 o'clock at night. So that was pretty cool. The second season of the Fantastic Four from the 90s that Steve is just diving into is, yes. to me, the best Marvel series that's been done. Most fidelity to the source material. It's good voice acting. The animation style was now much better. Second and I, season and to I first. posted Johnny's rap on, uh, well, that's on the YouTube. First season. Okay. <laughs> I'll post it again okay, later please do. so you can all enjoy right. it. It's awesome. But then also, do me a favor. Post the opening to the second season where they actually animate 12 famous Fantastic Four covers from the whole Kirby run. All right. And my number three would be Johnny Quest. Ah. The old Hanna-Barbera kid adventure thing. So it was sort of Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, but science fiction monsters and robots and Mm. really cool, really cool stuff. Doug Wildey, I guess, did that back then. Alex Toth did, I think, some of the uh, character models and such. So, Stephanie, how about you? Well, my number one is going to be 
X-Men the Animated Series. How could you not love that? Um, and then my next one is the Flash-based series that was a web series, Gotham Girls. Ah, okay. Which I've mentioned before in lieu of Batman the Animated Series because it's all on our list. And um, I'm going to go with Steve on this one, the last one, and say Adventure Time because I've recently got into it like in the last month or so. And I've watched like two seasons of it like three times now. Very it's nice. so great. It's amazing. Uh, I will say this, though. Um, speaking of Marvel stuff that's now, uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes is really good. Um, it's ending this year, and they're transitioning into uh, the Avengers Assemble show. That's what it's kind of changing into. But uh, it's been really, really good. So if you want to check that out. Uh-huh. Really, really big, epic comic book storylines in that one as well. Um, so, I'm gonna, no, go ahead. No, no, no. Oh. I, was, I was done. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass the torch to Stephanie because we've got more Twitter questions. But... We've got a birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> RC Carol 31 from Twitter. Oh, yes. Today is his birthday. So Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. I think his name is Ryan. There you go. Yeah. Yes, it is Ryan. Happy birthday, Ryan. It says it right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Ryan. Happy birthday, Ryan. Stephanie. Um, so before I get to the question, we've got a couple more comments. Okay. Because um, we, love, we love when you tell us nice things. It's yes. lovely. We have very low um, self-esteem. Casey James, a.k.a. Caster19, says, Just want to say that you guys are awesome, love the podcast, and you've turned me on to a ton of different comics. Thank you. So, you're welcome. You're Thank you for welcome. listening. You. It's our job. No. Um, no. And this was more directed at Bob, but Caleb Versaire, who is Uh-oh. the sleep drifter, says, Is it okay if I write a Bob Ryer fan fiction? Nothing creepy, <laughs> just him as a superhero fighting crime and saving the world. Uh, fine by me. And now you have an avatar on the site to see what I picked for myself as you a do. superhero. It's true. And mm. that ties into something else that someone asked Superbad Larry. He was asking if Hanny did a character for Bob, and she most definitely did. We'll get it up on the site soon. So I that had you can uh, posted it. it right You after. can see it on Facebook, though, on our Facebook page. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the actual question that I'll get to right now is from Hugh Perry, who is H underscore Paz. And he wants to know, what would your ideal ending to the AVX event be? And how would you like to see it springboard into Marvel now? <laughs> All right. Uh, Stephanie, why don't, you start, why don't you start us out with this one? Well, I don't know too much about the Marvel now other than like little bits and pieces I've been reading. But I can honestly say at this point in time that while I've enjoyed the last couple of issues of AVX more than the rest of it, I kind of just wished that it would go all M. Night Shyamalan and it never happened and I could just get my time back that I've spent on it. <laughs> uh, that's L- awesome. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. What I want now is the the Heroes Reborn, Heroes Return sort of, oops, we made a mistake. <laughs> and we'll, we'll have Wanda just fix everything again. Because... Uh, we, we had movement, but we're going somewhere I don't want to go. So selfishly, <laughs> wipe the slate clean, go back. People don't like each other as much as they did before, and they'll figure it out. <laughs> Steve, what about you? I don't care. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't say that. That's lame. Um, like, like Stephanie said, I mean, I sat down and I caught up today. And um, and I read issues number seven and eight. Mm-hmm. All right, we can go into halfway uh, new spoilers, right? At this point, yeah. Okay. So the Phoenix Force has come, and it's been spread out mm-hmm. amongst a few of the X Men. Now, I mean, I've been I've been enjoying it 
but I, like I said, it's one of those things where I feel like the first several issues were just kind of the prologue to everything going. You've said that before, Bobby. Yeah, and um, I just don't think that it needed to be as big. Like I, I enjoy the idea that it affected a lot of books, obviously, because there's so many spinoffs of X-Men and Avengers that it's obviously going to affect those stories. And they paid attention to that. Um, but I mean, I've been enjoying the spinoff books so much more so than anything that I've read in, in the official AVX, the Wolverine and the X-Men, uh, contributions to the story have been great. This past issue of Wolverine, the X-Men with, um, Kitty pride going on the date with Colossus yeah, was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but the end result, I, I mean, what I think is going to happen is just that Wanda or possibly Hope is going to be like more mutants mm-hmm. and and they're just mm-hmm. going to reverse what was done in the first place. Like the, the reason for the war is just going to be reversed and everybody's just going to be like, well, we're going to have to get along. And I really think that it's just it's going to be them coming to terms with what they're doing with the world. It's it's hard to to gauge because of yeah. like what how they're using their powers makes me feel very confused about how to feel about them. And it's been like that for a couple of issues, and I don't like that feeling. I don't. I'm serious. Like I don't. I don't like not knowing. I mean, I like a little bit of mystery, and I like. I love it when I can't trust a character. I love that in a comic book where I don't know, like Barbara from I Kill Giants. Like, you don't know if you can Mm. trust her reality. That's great. But I don't know if what these characters are doing, uh, are they doing a good thing? Are they doing a bad thing? And it's been going on for a little bit too long now where I feel like by now I should have chosen a side and I haven't. But I find that I don't. I don't care because I don't, I don't think, I think that whatever happens, it's not going to amount to much. How much is it really going to change the universe? Well, I'll say this. I I mean, I think that we've been, I mean, if this more of this Marvel now thing ends up being whatever it's going to be, it's going to change the universe because they've said that they've said this thing is coming out of the fallout of AVX, whatever that's going to be. Uh, I actually like the fact that you can't really trust. You don't really know. Uh, who's good and who's bad? You kind of have to kind of meter out moral gray area to figure out, you know, who you're, whose side you're on. Because sometimes the X Men are doing things like the Phoenix Five are doing things. Where I'm like, okay, yeah, I I get that. Like I get what you're trying to do. That seems right to me. But then you have somebody like Captain America who's kind of like, you know, no, 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 no. When somebody says their way is the only way, and when you disagree with them, you're against them. That's not good. And I'm like, right. you're right as well. So I like that. Um. I feel like the last issue kind of was kind of, eh. you know, uh, my, my hope is that when this ends, uh, you know, I just want co- consequences. I don't know what there's going to be. I'm leaving that in the hands of whoever's writing this story. Yeah. That I, is the, the, you know, I've got an analogy. For I just want consequences. That's all I want. Whatever those are, I want to see what they That's are. That's the follow-up series. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. see. Yeah. They're AVX consequences yeah. written by Karen Gillan, which that, that makes me excited because I love that yeah. author. But Steve. Um, well, my, my main gripe with the, with the series as a whole is, and I'm going to use one of my amazing analogies again, that you're, list, you're, you're listening to a record, and every so often the record is skipping, and it's, repeat, it's rehashing mm. things that we've already been over a hundred mm. times, conversations, themes, things that have already been discussed, but every last person, and it's a huge cast, 
every single person has to have their say. And a lot of them, since they're on the same side, they share the same opinions. Yeah. And I just, I feel like it's a record playing and we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere, but then all of a sudden somebody's dancing and they stomp on the floor and they kick the record back. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I feel that it, that is going. That's I, a good analogy. It, yeah. It's a huge holding I'm, pattern. I'm, I'm rocking them. Tonight. Analogy are, boy. <laughs> yeah. No, look, we, 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 I know you re- recently read, because you were talking about the movie coming out, Days of Future Past, yeah. where they managed to do all this sort of stuff in two very wordy, but yes. two issues. Two issues. Could this have been six and not 12, and not 37 crossovers? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, the crossover debate, to me, it, uh, just for me, is like, if you don't want to read those books, don't read those books. They have really nothing to do with the main line of what's going on. Except that people still are a little fanatical about, I need to buy all the Plus, crossovers. Right, That's the business yes, decision that yeah, makes yes. you buy the thing. Yeah. Not to mention that if you're reading those books to begin with, like let's say you were collecting them before this event even well, began, yes. that's the other point, your, right? like, your, your book, your favorite book, let's say, is now tied to this huge thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go and, and explore and yeah. find, well, why is this such a big deal? Well, I mean, yeah, the AVX thing, yes. Going from a book that you are collecting that becomes part of the event and then going to read AVX is one thing. But I think if you're not collecting Avengers Academy and you start collect you start reading it just because it's part of AVX and you don't and you feel snowed under by that. Yeah. I feel like that's just your own kind of like consumer purchasing decision or mm-hmm. what what have you. Right. Um Bob, why don't you give us your question? Sure. I have an email question and it's from Sarah who is I am giant woman. Yes. One of our followers and she would like to know and I'll start with you Stephanie because you've been on the other side of the continent for a bit here. What are your foibles? When you go to read your books for the week, is there a special room you sit in? Is there music you play, a beverage you pour, a snack you eat? What's what's your <laughs> habit as you go to read a, your comics um, for the week? Usually, like um, I don't usually read much during the day unless I kind of have some time to kill. But um, I like curling up in bed and propping myself up with a pillow. I like having a big glass of water nearby, and I just like being completely absorbed in the books. Um, I can't really listen to music when I read comics because I get too sidetracked by the music because mm. I get kind of like mm-hmm. absorbed in that too. Um, so I, I, I can't listen to music or anything. But basically I'll read for hours and hours. Like I, I'll start sometimes at 6 or 7 p.m. and I'll stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. just reading comics. And, um, I really like marathoning them. I don't like... Yeah picking up just a single issue of something and just going through that unless it's something I'm really excited for. I like having, like I, last week I was at issue like 20 of The Walking Dead and in two days I read up till, you know, uh, issue 97. So I like doing those kind of things and just powering through a series. Marathon woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, uh, you know, there's a couple, a couple different, Rituals have for like the Wednesday books. <laughs> what I know one of your rituals. Yeah, I mean, the way I'll usually do it. Um, uh, Wednesday books, I'll usually put a put on my coffee table, like a stack of them, you know, and I'll lay down on my couch and I'll just kind of like I'll start I'll I'll, I'll start with one big pile of books I haven't read. I'll read them, put them down in, in the next pile. Mm-hmm. Go 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 go. I uh, usually I'll have a beer or something to to read them. Um, uh, I, I always end up reading past the point where I can really focus anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I always have to reread a book the next day. And I'm always like, especially like, let's say on a Wednesday, sometimes we have game night, right? So I'll go to the shop right from work. Um, I'll pick up a book and then I will, 
you know, uh, head, I'll go out to game night. I'll be out till 1130, 12. And then I'll be slightly buzzed and exhausted. But I'm like, I got to read Batman number 12. I, I can't there. go to bed without reading it. It's there. I got to read it. So I'll always end up like falling asleep with like a book like on my face. Um, and as, but as far as like catching up on stuff, like when I'm reading trades and stuff, I'll similar stuff. I like to marathon stuff. So I'll sit there. I'll just kind of try to go through and just yeah. you know marathon mm-hmm. it through. That's Steve, usually what I do. Steve, how about you? Well, I have a lot more time to read comics um, probably than anyone here. Um, well, depending. Anyway, so what do I do? I get my books on Wednesday. I weigh them all out. I take my weekly comic haul photo. And then I will divide everything up into um, publisher categories. I have a DC pile, a Marvel pile, and an other pile. And what I'll do is I'll make the piles, and I'll go through the piles, and I'll make a to-read pile, and then a to-be-put-away and like there's stuff that I'm waiting on. Like I'm waiting for a few more issues before I really sit down and, and dive in. Um, but traditionally what I do, I usually marathon books as well, where I don't like to read one book in the afternoon. Um, I'll just wait until the evening's kind of died down. And what I'll do, the same thing every time, I love ginger ale. So I'll go and I'll get a can of ginger ale. I will either sit in my living room, I have this big recliner, or I have, uh, or I sit in my bed. I've, I've refurnished my bedroom, and it is comfy and awesome. Um, I'll throw the AC on. I'll put a big fan on me, because I love to be <laughs> freezing cold. Mm-hmm. And I'll make, I'll make the pile. I'll leave the pile to the left of me, and I will get my cat. My cat will come in, sit by my legs, right on top of me, and we will read together. Isn't that adorable? Yes, adorable. And I have my phone next to me because late night is usually when the phone is blowing up oh, yeah. with people reading their books between Rob and Lauren and I Am Giant Woman yeah. and, and just all these people, you know, chiming in that sometimes it's very hard to get reading done because every couple of sentences, somebody's tweeting you or whatever. But for the most part, uh, late night, just have a drink on the on the counter next to me and I just plow through a bunch of stuff, and I usually read according to mood. I never read anything because I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not in the mood for it, I just don't read it. Right. So that's you, usually my my deal. You actually brought up another good point about my ritual because a lot of the time I have to shut off my phone. Yeah, and sometimes uh-huh. like when I sometimes I will marathon things for like a day, especially after conventions when I need to kind of just decompress for a bit. And I will just read all day. I won't go on the computer. I won't go on my phone. And there's been a couple times now, like, when my friend, my best friend Amy has, like, freaked the fuck out because, like, I'm always on something. And she'll be like, holy shit, Steph's dead. Oh, my God, she's not answering me on Twitter. She's not answering my text. She's not answering my emails. And I've now had to kind of I get inform a, I get my friends that I have, I don't see you, you know, rituals, too. like, where I'm just, like, decompressing and reading comics and all that stuff. You're so not I don't think I've decompress. been, like, murders. No. <laughs> not allowed see i i learned the <laughs> no awesome. snack lesson years ago i cheetoed up a couple of books in my time no i can't eat yeah, so I, I i long ago gave that up but uh afternoons kind of the sunshine in the room i've got a sort of an archie bunker old-fashioned you know swivel rocker chair that's really broken in so i, can I love that, that chair, chair. i right. sat in that chair you before. can sprawl in that one it's and, glorious and, yeah so that that's a good afternoon chair but i i arrange my books sort of least favorite to most favorite so we sort of get to sort of get to later afternoon and the sun's coming down. It's a glass of wine near the table. Turn on the lights and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. quiet time. Real books now. Ah, 
Yeah, the adult stuff is coming now. Nice. I want to organize them too. I'll do that sometimes. Sometimes I'll just mix it up. Like like the, one of the weeks of the month, Batgirl, Batman and Robin, and Batman all come out. Yeah. So I put those books together. I read them all together. Yeah. Yeah. Since those three books, especially in that run, kind of mm-hmm. seem to exist in the same area. So I'll do that. Nice. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. So and usually I mix up. I usually be like, oh, big Marvel book, indie book, you know, big DC book, indie book. I'll try to do that as well. Uh, we have more Twitter questions. Let's see. So this is another question from Sarah Bell, who again is I Am Giant Woman, and she wants to know if you could recommend one book or title to a non-comic reader, that's the important bit here, to really get them hooked on comics, what would it be? It's a tough question. Hmm. I know my answer. Okay. I'm that good. I Kill Giants. Okay. That would be my book. I think that everybody... Who's ever, I'm not going to tell you the end of the book. Anybody who's ever been through some kind of major tragedy and had it affect pretty much everything that they do for quite some time, that it's just, it's just permeate, permeated every aspect of your life. Yeah. Maybe even your ability to perceive that you get to the end of that book. If you can't relate to that book, then you need a tragedy. In your life. <laughs> Sorry. That's a very nice thing to say to somebody. Yes. <laughs> Charming. It builds character. <laughs> yes, yeah. It does build character. Thank you, that's Mr. True. Boy Scout. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good one. And that's a great, there's a book that somebody should read. But this question always is interesting to me because it's a question about one thing that will get them hooked on comics. You know, and I Kill Giants is very singular to me. It's very, if somebody else goes to you, okay, I read I Kill Giants. What else can I read that's like I Kill Giants? Like, what would you say to them? Well, the only thing that I would say is that once they're done reading it, hopefully it affected them. Maybe not to the level that it affected me, but just that it moved them in some way. My point to them might not be like, well, go read Batman. It would just be now you see that comics can affect you to that degree. Like you right. can, you got that. You know what you're feeling right now? You got that from a comic book. Right, yeah. You're asking me if you should read comics you got that out of a comic book. Maybe capes and stuff isn't your thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe more of the independent stuff. But you know, like you know what you just felt? You got that from a comic book. So just yeah. apply that to other things and possibly you'll start to read that. Great point. Yeah. That's a great point. I have two. Okay. One in sort of each world. Uh Fatal. Mm-hmm. Someone who someone who thinks about movies and all that sort of stuff. It's very film noir, oh, but it's right. horror at the same time. So you could then learn about the comic form from what they present there. Yeah. And if you want to find a way into superheroes without thinking about it that way, it was mentioned before as Marvels. Yeah, oh, yeah, Marvels is great. Th- that series told at ground level from a regular person's perspective, and you may want to find yourself reading the stories that they're referencing. Absolutely. That's a great one, but Marvels is a great one. Stephanie, what about you? Um, I also have two, one in the superhero world and one not. Um, My first one would be, for the non-superhero fans, um, Fables. Um, It's a great way to get into comics. Um, I mean, when I sort of (laughs) took up comics again for the first time, my friend uh, Melanie Schultz, she was the one that kind of was like, you should read Fables. And she handed me the first trade, and I really fell in love with it. And um, it's one of those books that shows you that female characters can be strong in the comics world. Um, and my other book is one that's already been mentioned on the show today for superhero people, and that is Brian K. Vaughn's Run of Runaways. Um, not only does it introduce you to a fresh palette of characters that you don't need any um, background knowledge on, but it also um, has little cameos from 
major characters in the Marvel world that just about everyone can be familiar with. And um, it's a really fun series that I think anyone can jump onto. Great deal. There's two very good ones. I mean, the ones I always say are the ones that everybody always says. You know, it's like there's a reason why people tell you to read Watchmen or to read The Dark Knight Returns and stuff like that because those books are superhero books but not superhero books. And they give you a sense of the things that make us love those kind of books but also give you the more um, complex themes that sometimes are omitted from those books. Uh, Are are they the best representation of what all comics are like? Absolutely not. But I I think that um, they're more palatable as literature to a lot of non-comic book fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be a different answer if you asked, okay, you're a comic book fan in general. Yeah. What run should you read? Right, exactly. Different, yeah. Absolutely different question. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's, we, let's do one more Facebook question, one more Twitter question. All right. Um, I'm going to skip Facebook. I'm going to actually go to a text question. Okay, yes. <gasps> and to, to not ask the question of the guy who pretty much, yeah. you know, puts yeah. us in comics would be rather rude. So, okay. Now now follow me on this one. This is from Rob. A, this is from Rob. Yeah. Who is, uh, you know, a, a semi-regular guest on the show. Yeah. He's uh, Dusk1020 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. If Talking Comics were a superhero team, which as of a few days ago, we, we are. are. Yeah. Uh, what powers would each of you have? Steve chooses for Bob. Bob chooses, Bob chooses for Bobby. Bobby chooses for Steph. And Steph chooses for me. Oh, wow. So, all right. Steve chooses for Bob. My superpower for Bob would be for for Bob to, I guess, mentally affect all of the creators to write his favorite characters in in the light and vein that he believes they should be written. So he's kind of like Professor X. He has mental yeah. powers. Yeah, you you oh, would you would you would affect them and have like like they're writing them one way, and then all of a sudden you send like this mental message to them, be like no. Captain America's got to be like more like the Captain America from the days of old, blah blah blah, <laughs> and then you get a and it cap, happens, and then your cap comes back. That would be I my like my power for you. So okay, now Bob. So I'm sort of like Franklin Richards. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I change the entire. Universe. You change the universe. Um, okay. Now you have to choose one for Bobby. Superpower specifically, he says, yes. Yes. not just an ability. Okay. Yes. Um. Okay, it, it's sort of a superpower. It's Reed Richards. Leader of the team, stretch, cover all the bases, because you sort of do, (laughs) but still super intelligent to Mm. create it all and pull it all together. All right. I like that. You could stretch to eight feet, Bobby. Yeah. That would be be pretty impressive. (laughs) Um, So let's see. So I have to pick for Stephanie. You have to pick for Stephanie. So um, I would probably say super strength, because uh, she likes to beat people up. (laughs) <laughs> on the, uh, she's a goon uh, you know when she's playing hockey so, yep. she's a goon exactly yeah. Bob she's a goon so I feel like that would probably be the best power for her it would allow her to you know enhance her best skill on the on the ice goonery yes <laughs> fair enough viewed right. with the power of goonery yes. <laughs> alright so Steve you ready for your superpowers I'm afraid but yes <laughs> alright so your costume has built in speakers and basically you have the power to ride like music waves fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> so, and you can also shoot like music notes, like you can bring them into sort of, you know, physical form and you can use them as sort of like ninja stars and stuff. That would be amazing. Wow. That'd be amazing. If I could add to that, 
I have my no, cat. No, you can't. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm making you're it You're allowed up. to add to your all own, right, right, your own right. powers. All right. All right. <laughs> Stop all right. ruining my suggestions. No, it's wonderful. I like it. All right. <laughs> um, so let's do one more Twitter question. Stephanie, pick a good one. Okay. Um, oh, let's see. There's a couple of really good ones, but there's also a couple of... Come on, pick one. Um... <laughs> I don't know if we've answered this one before, but if we have, just say so and we'll go to another one. But uh, Ryan Rude wants to know, you're stranded on an island and only have one book. What book is it? I don't think we have. we answered that before? I don't think so. Right? No. One book on a desert island. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. Uh, so, like, I, I mean, I guess I guess one run, not just one single issue, because that would be yeah. That would get old real quick. <laughs> yeah, let's just say a trade. A trade, yeah. So okay. any trade. Uh, oh, that is tough. That's a tough one, Bob. You have do you have one in your brain there? Sure, that's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, it's, it'd be the first Fantastic Four archive. It's issues one to ten. All right, uh, that's not so easy for me. The Sword, Lunar Brothers. Right, 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 right. right. Of course, of course. Yeah. I don't know why I even. Yeah, even, no, it's it, that's my default answer. Uh, oh yeah, that, okay. That book just kicked my ass. Hmm. All right, Stephanie, what about you? I don't know. I've been trying to think about this like on the fly. Like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many. Um, I don't know. That's a great answer. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great, it's a great answer. I mean, so again, many. Again, it's, it's like saying things that I've already said a thousand times. But um, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Watchmen, I guess. Like it's tough for me to to, to do that. But do you want to do the 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 day job question and maybe come back? No, I mean it's I, I could think about it for two hours and never come up with a better answer than Watchmen. Uh, I think, um, it, but there's also a practical reason that it's longer than most trades are. Yeah, you know, it takes a little bit yeah. longer to read. There's a little more bulk to it. There's some text in it. Yeah. You know, read a bunch of times. Some words. Some words. There's lots of things to go back and rediscover every time you read it. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I would say that probably well, Watchmen's a good one. I think. Okay. All right. Stephanie, um, we're still waiting. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I really have no idea. Um, I'm trying to think of trades that I've owned that I, w- I have gone back and read like a zillion times. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with... That was a lead and I was hoping I mm-hmm. thought of something by then. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Um. Oh my god! I feel terrible for not having anything off the top of my head. All right. Well, I think it's awesome that you asked the question yeah. and you don't have an answer. Yeah. I mean, I thought I would come up with something, but I'm really at a All at right. a loss for the one All book right. I would bring with me. Well, we will move on. And if you think of anything between now and we end the show, you let us know. Okay? All right, deal. Um, I just want to mention something real quick. We had a an uh, email from a listener named Rolando. Uh, he's from Guatemala. Uh, wow. says, love your podcast thanks for thank you thanks to you being in traffic is more entertaining he just wants to know um he, he got his girlfriend into comics and it was all thanks to the tv show the walking dead um he got her the first trade pairback of the comic he did not realize that there's a hundred issues of it yeah um he says now the question is to you do you think i need to get all of them or where do you think i can start for her to enjoy the comic and the upcoming season three um you got to do it all right but <laughs> i'll say this though about the, the show you don't have to read anything yeah, because the show is completely divergent from what the yeah. book is. It's, it's very, very different. There's a lot of characters that are the same, um, but the fates of the characters and um, the plot really is completely separate from the show. Um, 
kidding. <laughs> it's, it's they're their own separate entities, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, that's it for our listener questions. Uh, thank you guys so much. There's a bunch we didn't get to. So when we do this again, we'll have a bunch already saved up. And over, of course, over the next couple of weeks, we'll do our usual listener feedback section. Um, so we're going to move on to this week's releases. What's on the shelves right now? Huzzah! So from Boom Studios, we have Garfield, number four. Yeah. We have Higher <laughs> Earth, number three. Yeah, you're picking up Garfield, Dude, number four? Dude, I am a huge normal fan. <laughs> oh, my um, God, normal. <laughs> see? Uh, Higher Earth, number three. Hypernaturals, number two. Planet of the Apes, annual, number one. Mm. Um, from Dark Horse, all we have, we have Mind uh, Management, number Three, Yay. and the Beasts of Burden Neighborhood Watch one shot. Which, if I can get my hands on it, I will be reviewing. Well, you can't get your hands on it because it's in our review folder. Hey, hey, um, now. Yeah. <laughs> on our review. Well, I have no excuse. No, <laughs> thanks. Um, so from DC, we have Action Comics number 12. Hmm. We have Animal Man number 12. Animal Man! Which, that and Swamp Thing number 12 are both out this week, and that's the beginning of the crossover. Finally. So it's the oh. Rot World prequel. You have to read um, what they, Snyder said on Twitter was, you have to read both of them to understand the story, but from now on, you don't have to like you can only have to buy both books to get the whole story. Like you can read, you can read if you're just reading Animal Man and not Swamp Thing, which I don't know why you'd be doing that. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily have to read Swamp Thing every week; it comes out as well. I'm just glad that it's happening because we've been hearing about this for a while. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Batwing number twelve, before Watchmen, Night Owl number two, <laughs> Detective Comics number twelve. Mm. Um, Dial H number four, yeah. Earth two number four, Ugh. GI yeah. Combat number four, Green Arrow number twelve, uh, I Zombie number twenty eight, which is the final issue, uh, Justice League International number twelve, which is the final issue, Me. Looney Tunes number two hundred eight, Red Lanterns number twelve, Smallville season eleven number four, Stormwatch number twelve, um, I'm underwhelmed, Swamp Thing number twelve, Yay. Sweet Tooth number thirty six, and World's Finest number. Four. Yes. Best book of the bunch. Uh, from Dynamite, we have Boys, number 69. We have Dark Shadows. The Vamp- girls? <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Uh, Dark Shadows, Vampirella, number one. We have wait, wait, Lone- wait. What? Dark Shadows, Vampirella? Yeah, number one. I don't know. Uh, okay. It's Dynamite. Uh, 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 all right. Barnabas <laughs> Collins and Vampirella Bro- going on an adventure. <laughs> yes. Probably, that's probably exactly what it is. Uh, Lone Ranger, number eight. Merciless, The Rise of Ming, number three. Ninjets, number six. Shadow, number four. Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, The Eye of the World, number 28. Eesh. Spider, number four. Uh, Warlord of Mars, number 20. Mm. Um, that's it for them. And then from IDW, we have 30 Days of Night, number nine. Whoa. The Cape, 1969, number two. <gasps> Yay. Uh, Dead World, World of the Dead, number one. Uh, Infected, number one. Uh, Love and Capes, What to Expect, number one. Uh, the hardcover of Monocyte is coming out. Oh. Uh, Transformers Regeneration, one. Number 82. So there's some confusing numbering, as always, from the Transformers (laughs) series. Um, Image, we have Alpha Girl, number four. Black Kiss 2, number one. Uh, Epic Kill, number four. Mm. Godland, number 36. (laughs) Harvest, number one of five. Yes. Uh, Mind the Gap, number three. Mondo, number three. Mm. Thief of Thieves, number seven. And Think Tank, number one. Not sure about that one. <laughs> well, um, I believe thinking. David is doing a review of it for our site, so you can check that review out. And Thanks, ah, David. You can make your decision. Um, from Marvel, we have Age of Apocalypse, number six. Ugh. 
Avengers Academy number 34. Yeah. Uh, Avengers vs. X-Men number 9. Ugh. Avenging Spider-Man number 10. Yes, Captain Yay. Marvel. Yep, second half of that story. Nice. Daredevil number 16. Yay. Uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe number 104. <laughs> no idea. Could he please? Weird at this point. Well, I know title. what it's about, but I don't know if I care. Uh, Defenders number 9. Yes. Awesome. First X-Men number 1. Yeah. Uh, Fury Max number 5. Hawkeye number 1. Yeah. <laughs> Excited about that one. Uh, Invincible Iron Man number 5. 22. Muppets number two of four. Uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man number 156.1. Yay. Uh, the, where, 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 Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man number 13. Yay. X-Factor number 241. Yes. X-Men number 33. Very um, cool cover for that. From Oni Press, we have Courtney Crumman uh, number four. Oh, my God. I wish Torgog's got that. Are you paying attention, <laughs> Rob? Order me that book. <laughs> uh, and that is it for this week's releases. Hmm. That's not so bad. No, it's a pretty big week. It's a pretty big week. And I will say this. Um, I want to go over a couple of things. Uh, Marvel's been sending out these teases for Marvel Now. Um, and they're pretty much announcing, I think, the creative teams for the books when they come back. But they're not saying the whole thing, so you have to kind of at least guess a little bit. Um, they're saying that the future of Marvel Now is Invincible, which probably leads to Iron Man. If it's yeah. Iron Man, Kieran Gillen and Greg Land are going to be writing that book. Ooh. So it looks like they're going to be taking over Iron Man. And the future of Marvel Now is Worthy which I'm going to assume is Thor, Thor, is Jason Aaron. Very cool. And yeah, that's wow. for November, I think. Thor will be nice. back. Yeah, November 2012. That's an Esed Ribic is the name of the artist, who so I don't know. Those but are two really cool announcements. Yeah, so those are two creators I really like. Those are both coming in November. Fuck yes. Oh, just quickly as well. I don't know if we mentioned this, but did you see the stuff on Thor where somebody kind of leaked the Dark World movie stuff about the elves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh. the ca- they're probably doing the Cask of Ancient Winters. Like the, mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd throw that out there in case, because I think we mentioned we didn't know what that was referencing mm. when we yeah. talked about the announcement, and that sort of came up. So oh. Yeah, they're doing the Dark Elves. Like I, I forgot the name of the what, what Hyom oh, the, the, the world little, is. The little box with, when they open yes. it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. it releases like Eternal Winter across whatever land it's open on. Oh. So, it's quite cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool storyline. It, it, they did it in Dark Avengers Earth Minus Heroes. Right. So it, it was pretty cool. Neat. Um, so that is it for Talking Comics for this week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, at Talking Comics on Twitter, info at TalkingComicBooks.com, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. We're everywhere. Um, yeah, go to TalkingComicBooks.com as well. Reviews, articles, um, this podcast, everything goes up right there. Um, and a contest right now. Yes, contest right now. Uh, we just finished a couple of contests. We've got a lot of cool things going on. Right there. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve's is uh, at dead underscore anchorus. Stephanie. I am hello cookie. And Bob's email address. RRR2442 at yahoo.com. Someone said on Twitter, like, can Bob get an email address that's easier to remember so, <laughs> that just well, forwards also- to his harder email address? <laughs> harder? Yeah, yeah. It's initials and a couple of numbers. Yeah, so that's oh, exactly. mm, anyway. Um, but so that's it. That's his email address. Um, thank you guys. Uh, so much for listening. Um, so that's it for the Talking Comic Podcast for this week. For Steve. See you later. Bob. See you later. And Stephanie. Yeah. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued. <laughs>